Salutations! Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the Moonrise Herbs Apothecary, discussing the 2016 romantic horror comedy, The Love Witch. This film is written and directed by Anna Biller. Drawing inspiration from Technicolor horror films of the 60s and 70s, The Love Witch boasts admirable and impressive attention to detail when it comes to capturing the feel of the era. While the film delivers on style, it also offers potent social commentary on love and gender dynamics and relationships. Add in a dash of memorable performances, a compelling story, and well-researched rituals, and it's no surprise that many consider The Love Witch a modern-day cult classic. This film was recommended to us by friend of the show, Miguel Myers, who hosts the fantastic podcast, My Horror Confessional. He posts new episodes every Friday, so you should absolutely check out the show if you haven't already. We want to thank Miguel for all his support, as well as this suggestion. So, The Love Witch, what were your first impressions on the film? Um, it was okay. I, I enjoyed a lot of this movie, uh, but it did not enchant me. <laughs> So uh, it's like the title of your review. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it did. It's, it 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 is very pretty. Yes, I will say that I do like the style. Uh, I enjoyed the music. It wasn't all the way bad. It was more confusing for me than anything. Okay, so I think that's what kind of threw the movie off for me. But I did enjoy, like I said, the way this movie looked, the style and feel of it. I really did enjoy that. I think you could honestly trick somebody right, and tell them that this film came out in like 1969 oh, or something. Yeah. It's so it looks good. believable. Yeah. Um, I had never even heard of this until last year. Mm-hmm. My friend Kristen had sent me stills from it mm-hmm. and was like, you need to watch this. This is crazy. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, this was not made a few years. Like you're fucking lying. <laughs> yeah. First of all, like looking at the pictures, yeah. I'm like, this is from the 70s. Like, there's really? no way this, in hell. This is a re-release. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but she said that she had thought that it was completely beautiful, but confusing. Mm. And then you said that you really liked it and that it was stunning. And then Miguel recommended it and said that he really loved it. And then Anthony Jerome, I won't quote him exactly, but he didn't care for it. <laughs> and uh, So I'm going into this like, what the fuck am I about to watch? And I, I liked it. Uh-huh. I will say I didn't love it, but I liked it. I loved the style. Yes. And I mean, there. I don't want to say it's kind of style over substance, but style is where it really shined. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's... I feel like I've seen... Like, you know, those uh, memes or whatever, where it's like my favorite genre of horror is good for her horror. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't walk away from this feeling that way. And I feel like I've seen this movie lumped into that. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I maybe I watched it wrong. I'm I'm not (laughs) saying that I'm cemented in my opinion, but there was a lot about her, Elaine, the protagonist, the love witch, if if it were. Um that bothered me yeah and i really was like i'm gonna ride for this bitch like we'll get into it the whole intro Mm. i'm like this (laughs) is my fucking girl like this is gonna be great and then she starts talking and (laughs) yeah (laughs) um well i'm glad you said we'll get we will get into it but i feel like i was really like like super stoked to feel a certain way mm-hmm. and maybe that's my fault for having those expectations and you know kind of setting myself up to be disappointed but uh 
And maybe that was the intention of the film. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm supposed to be like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> but I am very excited to have a conversation about this because, I mean, I don't usually have a lot of opinions. Oh, but. is that right? <laughs> <laughs> fucking but I got a couple. <laughs> bring up a lemon square and suddenly. <laughs> don't fucking get me started on the lemon square. All right, square. we're moving on from that. <laughs> For me, I had actually only seen this film once before, mm-hmm. but I was so captivated by the style of it. Right. I think that I, I I'm not going to say I tricked myself into loving it. <laughs> but you tricked yourself. I kind of <laughs> did. I played myself. Right. Congratulations. <laughs> no, I. my thing is, I just think it's kind of a remarkable achievement. Right. As far as like visually and tonally. Oh, yeah. Abs- I absolutely agree with that. Like, no pun intended, but I fell in love with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not perfect. Right. I really think it's great for what it is. I think that the issue is that you... <laughs> really need to buy in immediately right because if you don't i can see people being like that is terrible mm. right and if you don't again you gotta buy in yeah. well, I, you really do because if if you're not feeling the vibe 30 seconds in it no this is what the this yeah. is what it is right <laughs> it's like uh george costanza where he's like this is the show yeah. so <laughs> this is it for the next two hours yeah and the thing is is that it's it's admirable because it's clearly a labor of love from mm. anna biller I read that she spent seven years from conception to completion on this film. Jesus Christ. Wow. And the amount of fucking work, like, let me just read all the shit that she's responsible for in this film. Uh She's the writer, director, producer, composer, editor, production designer, costume designer, art director, and set decorator. Is accountant in there somewhere? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And all the blood in this film came from her. Yeah, she donated (laughs) the blood like the vampire from Thirst. (laughs) But I think where, because I, again, I really like this film. Right. But I have a decent amount of issues. Yeah. I am almost able to rectify those issues mm-hmm. in some ways because I feel like the way that it presents gender dynamics in this film is about as antiquated as the film style. Yeah. and If not <laughs> fucking more. Yeah. And so I feel like it had to have been intentional to present these ideas. Mm-hmm. Because if you're presenting them as like, if you, okay, let me put it this way. If you're presenting them like this is the way of the world, like legitimately, then this movie fucked up a lot. Yeah. Right. Yes. But if you're presenting them almost as social commentary to say, this is awful and this is where it leads for people who have these old bullshit ideologies, that's okay. Okay. See, I feel like... I'm walking a very thin line, not fully understanding what the intentions are. I think that's where my disconnect is. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't throw around the term problematic a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But holy fucking shit, dude. Yeah. Like... It's a lot. <laughs> and there's there's a character that I actually root for because yes, okay, okay. There's there's kind of progressive ideas coming from one character and we'll get into it. And we're right. like, "Boo!" Yeah, we're supposed to it's be. like Homer where he's like, "Get that cat out of the way." Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused like, okay, I was going to bed. It was after midnight last night and I was like, "Oh fuck, I had thoughts and I wanted to write them down, but I want to get to bed." So they're in my notes and uh-huh. I don't know if when it's over, I should just read my exhausted <laughs> thoughts or if I should just summarize the plot points. But that was a big one. And yes. we can't fully obviously get into it now. Right. But 
I'm like, this is why, this is where I'm like, what, <laughs> like the film's dating my child. What were your intentions with this messaging? <laughs> because it's like, I feel like it's almost dangerous. And maybe that's why like the ending threw me a little bit and maybe you can, okay. you know, bring it back home for me mm. in a way that, you know, my idiot brain can digest <laughs> and understand. But whatever. I was, uh, yeah, I didn't know. How, I've got a lot of conflicting emotions about this, no. but it was fucking beautiful. Yes, no. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> I definitely agree. Uh huh. I think the thing is, is that it is clearly trying to make a point, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, if we're <laughs> being honest, but I think it it just kind of deals with these gender dynamics in an incredibly binary way. Oh, uh, absolutely, yes, and flat out stereotypical. I I think that this film is equally offensive to everyone. It is. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we cast a spell on this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's fall in love. So the film begins with Elaine Parks, played by Samantha Robinson, driving down the road in a red Mustang convertible. Now, you might remember Samantha Robinson from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I think she played Abigail Folger. She did. I was like, you're just stuck in an era. (laughs) (laughs) But we get a close-up shot of her eye with long eyelashes and sky blue eyeshadow, and we get the title, The Love Witch. My first note is the overwhelming urge to only do my makeup like this from now on. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm in love. Like what happened? Dude, everybody looks great yeah. in this film. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. And I appreciate them starting with the eye shot because the eyes come up a lot. Yes. Right. But as she smokes a cigarette, she speaks in a voiceover telling us that she's starting a new life where it'll be quiet and clean and almost no one will know her. She puts out her cigarette, reaching for her purse in the passenger seat. A red case of cigarettes and a deck of tarot cards spill out, the three of swords at the front of the deck. Now, according to the tarot lady, this card typically signifies sadness and heartbreak. And it also comes up a lot. It does. I feel like it's probably smart to get this out of the way. We've talked about it a little bit in the intro. Mm -hmm. But this film is colorful as fuck. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's very, very pleasing to the eye. There's like a smoothness to it. Right. And I read that this was shot on 35 millimeter film, which shows I, I'm not like a connoisseur or anything, uh-huh. but I can tell a film that's shot digital versus film. And maybe if I'm feeling froggy, <laughs> <laughs> not feeling froggy, like uh, 16 versus 35. Okay. But this is not as common these days. Right. And so you don't really see very many films like this. Uh-huh. I read in Filmmaker Magazine that less than 30 theatrically released films, including The Love Witch in 2016, were shot on 35. Wow. Right. And even less common is doing the edit and post-production processing on the 35 which oh, shit. this was done. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable. Well, I mean, it translates like yeah. you feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking to the colors, though, there's one scene. It's coming up in, in probably a few minutes. But I was like, I get why T's always going on about color. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Frank Reynolds. I'm like, I get it now. <laughs> uh, if it's the same thing, I the same scene, I think you're done. I, I, my only note was so colors. Yes. Yeah. Movie. Well, because like it doesn't stop. But I feel like at that moment of the film, I was like, but like this is 
fucking beautiful. Like right, even if right. I don't like this, I can just turn off my brain and look at it. Like, yeah. it's yeah. stunning. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I mean, you don't realize now a lot of films use color but yeah more often than not they use like filters right and so a film would be like really fucking blue yeah. or uh-huh. fucking you know orange or something right, and you're right. like oh, okay but for filming in this way when the colors pop i mean you think of films like suspiria mm-hmm. you know those old technicolor films even down to i think one of the biggest first technicolor films was the wizard of oz yeah where color is just like it's unbelievable. It's like right, a character right. Yeah, it's almost overwhelming. And this is exactly what's being captured here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm just like, the second I saw her driving down the road, I'm like, I think I'm going to love this fucking movie. <laughs> is that why, no. why you said you tricked yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is that the colors have meaning. Like, there's a lot of red going on right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The car, her dress, lipstick, I believe, the fucking cigarette case. Her nails. Her right. nails. She has bags later. The, the bags. bags. Yeah, yeah, literally yeah. everything. But I wanted to talk about it up top because I could go on and on and on. But <laughs> <laughs> Elaine snags another cigarette, puts it in her mouth, and lights it. In her mind's eye, she imagines Jerry, her ex-husband, played by Stephen Wozniak, all smiles and drinking wine from a glass bathed in red light. In seconds, he begins to choke, falling to the floor into a white spotlight that cuts through the red, spilling the wine on the carpet. He lies there, dead. So, this point, I want to call out David Mullen. Mm -hmm. He's the cinematographer, and he went through incredible lengths to capture Biller's vision. Okay. He used a lot of methods from those days, Mm -hmm. and there is, like, zero, and when I say zero, I mean it, zero CGI in this film. Wow. Everything is practically done. And there is stuff that I'll get into later about lighting and stuff that mm. is just like unbelievable. Right. But uh, I had to call him out by name because his work is incredible. Right. Yeah. But back in present day, a sly smile creeps across Elaine's face. I must have already been under the spell because I put, I'm sure he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> See, you were tricked too. Yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. I was not. No. Not yet. No. <laughs> you see, and they don't say anything yet, but she goes, poor Jerry. Yeah. I'm like, you, I am guessing. I'm like, you know, I, like I said, I was really primed to be like, oh, I'm riding with this bitch. Yes. Like, uh, I was very, very ready for that. So yeah, I'm like, killed your ex-husband. I'm sure he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he deserved it. What did know? he do? Yeah. What did he do to you to make you do that to him? But she says that she had a nervous breakdown after he left her, but they say that she's cured now. In visions of a ritual, Elaine is undressed and on her knees surrounded by numerous cloaked and a couple of uncloaked people. Mm -hmm. Behind her stands Barbara, played by Jennifer Ingram, and across from her in a purple robe is Gayen, played by Jared Sanford. This is where I was captured. Uh, Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) What's happening? Now here I was like, okay, now you have my full attention. (laughs) (laughs) They just had your curiosity. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) But Gayen holds a sword pointed at Elaine's heart. Still on the road, Elaine says despite being cured, she still has intrusive thoughts. But Elaine says that her therapist says that she's not unusual. There are people far worse off than her all over the world, and they're fine. Uh, sounds like a shitty fucking therapist. <laughs> that is true. I was like, what? Like, dude, don't worry. Why are you fucking whining? People have it so much worse. It's like, <laughs> I'm paying you for this. Where did you get your degree? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> But Elaine snags another cigarette, and we see a signed photo of Jerry. It's like a goddamn headshot. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
And it's complete with a flashback of his death, the tarot card from her purse actually resting on the dresser. She stares off into the coast, waves crashing against the rocks, and unfortunately for her, a police car appears behind her, sirens blaring. She mulls over whether or not to pull over, but eventually does. So, already, there have been two Hitchcock homages in this film. You got the scenes of her driving on the California coast. Right. They're filmed in the exact same method used in The Birds. Right. And then you have Elaine on the run from something being pulled over by a cop. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is... All right. I can get with this. Very cool. I think she also called out Argento, Fulci, Romero, a bunch of other directors as influences on this film. Damn. For her, aside from those, she said classic Hollywood. Got it. And you can feel that. But Griff Meadows, the police officer played by Gian Keyes, approaches Elaine's car. Elaine is visibly nervous. Right. But he just tells her that her taillight was out and that he's letting her off with a warning as long as she gets it fixed. She breathes a sigh of relief, thanking him, and they part company. Well, that went well. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, we're going to see this cop again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's not just showing up once. They did not get that. Like, he's all huge and like has a Clark Kent jaw. I'm like, he's fucking coming back. Excuse me. Did they not have your size of uniform? (laughs) (laughs) I think in an interview, she said that she found out after they filmed this, that he is actually a cover model for romance novels. Oh my God. And it's like, well, I guess that's (laughs) That's that's funny. But Elaine reaches Eureka, California, and as she drives through town, her voiceover continues. She says when Jerry left, she devoured everything she could on how to win him back and says that the experts say men are fragile. They feel crushed by assertive women, so you have to be tricky. She pulls up to an old Victorian-looking house, parks her car out front, and retrieves her belongings. Of course, red suitcases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An old purple Victorian-looking yeah. house. I yes. was like, this movie was made for me <laughs> at this point. Is that I'm your like, dream home? Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, I'm so in. I read that Anna Biller did a lot of research on self-help books. Uh-huh. And from here, it feels like the advice she's giving right. is probably from those and i would hope is being presented as commentary right yeah okay. <laughs> this falls in the category of bitch is you serious yeah. or not because well we had talked about jp um hoping it's satire right very much it's, so they say some stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it only gets worse yeah yeah but another car parks on the curb as she's headed up to the drive and out steps trish an interior decorator played by laura waddell Trish compliments Elaine's beauty, but quickly says that she doesn't mean anything by it. She's married. So, I mean. Okay. I'm like, they're going to fuck. Like, yeah. the, the, the second they meet each other, I'm like, I, I already see where this is going. Really? On a, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I um, didn't get that at spoiler all. Spoiler alert. They it don't. Yeah. <laughs> I d- but I'm like, let me, I again. You're watching the right movie? <laughs> <laughs> setting myself up for disappointment, I think. Right. Because I'm already like, okay, I get who this character is right. i get that we're rooting for her i get that at least one man has hurt her right right i see where we're going with this okay. and that's not where i was going is not where anna biller was taking me no not apparently not I'll that much. <laughs> i swear with that line i was like okay they're setting up some kind of arc right yes. where uh trish i guess explores sexuality yes as a concept finds out who she is what she likes etc that does not happen. It does not yeah. happen. Yeah, well, the way she said it, she's not like, oh my God, you're beautiful. So I, anyway, it was, you're beautiful. I mean, no, not like that. I mean, I, like, I'm married. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was very, like, repressed, like, I, she's hot. No, I can't think that. I have a husband. Uh, Yeah, let's go inside. Like, that's what it... All I got 
from that was that's her. This is her opposite. Well, that's true. And but, you're right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you called it yeah, more. I was like, and uh, no, yeah, you hit just, the nail on the head. It was just like, like, like you said earlier, Tina, when we we're talking about the satire thing. Uh-huh. When I was watching it, I was like, okay, something. Because I did when she was like, oh, you're gorgeous. I was like, okay, so what's happening? But then the more they go on, I was like, mm, I don't know. It was that <laughs> I feel like telling somebody that they're attractive is not inherently meaning. I want to hook it up. Right. But the way that she was like, no, 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 I mean like, no, no, not like that. I don't mean it like that. Like, I mean, and then it was too Al- much protesting. Elaine takes it strangely and she's like, oh, I never thought that. Yeah. It's like, what's, I'm like, something. Yeah. I, I see the breadcrumb, but the breadcrumb was not there. No. But the cake uh, was alive. A bird that like was, snatched yeah. it up. <laughs> that was just your hope. That- yeah. <laughs> But they chat as she helps Elaine with her bags, learning that Elaine is in fact an artist, so they have a bit in common considering Trish's line of work. In fact, Trish decorated this apartment and says it's how she met Barbara, who actually owns the apartment. When asked how Elaine knows Barbara, she tells Trish that they used to dance together in San Francisco. Trish is pleasantly surprised, looking Elaine up and down. Well, so I the way that she looked at her and rea- was like, dancer or whatever i'm like was that arousal or judgment or both or jealousy or jealousy that's what i took i was like oh because you're it, jealous of her because yeah. she's she, so free yeah. yes yeah. yeah so okay that speaks more to your right you know yin and yang situation yeah. but still that's the opportunity for no i see i get it her yeah. opening up i get it but again no nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen But the two women head upstairs, Trish excusing the look of the apartment, saying that Barbara requested colors from the Thoth tarot deck, and they also hung up a ton of occult paintings by her students. Um, The room is fucking bomb ass. Yes. Yeah, the room's nice. wanted to mention how slowly they walked up those stairs because I was laughing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're carrying the bags. (laughs) No one has ever walked up a flight of stairs slower. Well, you haven't hung out with me. (laughs) (laughs) But she says that Barbara's into all that Wicca stuff and Elaine doesn't comment. I also wanted to point out the Thoth tarot deck was actually designed by Alistair Crowley and painted by one of his associates. Oh, oh shit. nice. So pretty cool. But they do arrive in the apartment, which, as we said, is super colorful and vibrant. Trish actually neglected to mention that there are shelves full of ingredients, which will come into play. Yeah. yeah. Elaine loves it, saying it's exactly her taste, and the two make impromptu plans for lunch at the Victorian Tea Room, and we cut there in the next scene. When they make their plans, I was laughing because she's like, I was going to go get something to eat, and Trish is like, well, I can join you, and that's why I'm telling you, I was very sure, because I'm like, the weird thing about the Victorian Tea Room is they make you, like, kiss who you're eating with, like, it's weird, yeah. right? <laughs> but, like, you still want to go. <laughs> I thought, I swear, I, I really did. I'm like, they're setting up a love arc. Yes. And no. No, yeah. not even a little. Not like literally the fucking opposite. Yeah, no yeah. joke. Honestly. Uh, spoiler alert, this film is very heteronormative. Oh, 100%. Extremely yeah. so. Right. I think that's kind of what, I guess, deterred me from thinking that was because the way she was talking at the beginning. And then uh-huh. I was like, okay, yeah, you're free or you're whatever, but you're... You don't, you know what I mean? I was like, I, I don't, nothing kind of led me towards that fully. Uh-huh. I, I, I did, like I said, I did think about it for a second, but the more I watched them kind of interact, I was like, you're, like I said, you're just her opposite. I was mm-hmm. like, so I don't know if 
it's going to get to that because like you said, there's an arc being built. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if that's going to fit with what I think is going on, which I didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? I yeah. was just like, what the fuck's happening? We had uh, different ideas yeah. with what <laughs> their dynamics were going to be. Yeah. Right. But in the Victorian tea room, the room is decorated in bright pink and the extras are dressed accordingly. This is when I was like, my God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a treat for the eyes. Yeah, it is. I was just, I don't. So they're like, you got to play the part or like you get dressed when you go in there. Do you got to show up to this place like that? It's I like uh, when Jerry borrowed the jacket from the Friars Club. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elaine understood the assignment because she completely yeah. changed yeah. from her red. to She's got the fucking Sunday church hat. Right. But she, Yeah. I think that it's kind of trying to create almost a surreal tone, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because it's not every day that you go to a place and everyone's dressed like that. Yeah. No, it's like a dream. Like, yes. It looks yeah. like you're in a dream. Exactly. And the pink makes sense later with the conversation that develops. Right. Uh-huh. So it all works. But I did read on Biller's blog that this was actually filmed in the Herald Examiner building lobby. What the fuck? Like an old newspaper place yeah, in yeah. Los Angeles. Wow. But there are two very interesting things that were also filmed here. One, there is a bar set in this building that was used for the first two seasons of Sunny in Philadelphia. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah. And this exact room, you can tell because of a window that's kind of at the top. Right. This is the lipstick-faced demon's lair. <gasps> Oh shit! Yeah, okay, from yeah. Insidious. How fucking cool! Yeah, that is nice, so cool. Yeah. Can you imagine being there? No, dude, right. that is like, cool as hell. Where right? Fuck, it's a watching tiptoe through the right. fucking. Yeah. Is that where he was doing the shit up there yeah. with the puppets? <laughs> and that, yeah, that's exactly where he was doing it. Good shit. But a harpist played by Giselle Demir who may be the May Queen, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she just sits there playing the harp for ambiance. Yeah. A server brings Elaine and Trish a teapot, and we see, as you said, they're also fitting in with the decor. Elaine says that being here is like being a princess in a fairy tale. Trish asks if she has fairy princess fantasies, and Elaine says that she does, and among flashbacks and or fantasies of her and Jerry, she says even though they're grown women, they're really little girls underneath, hoping to be carried away by a prince on a white horse. (laughs) See? Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> i had nothing but but, but sounds yeah because yeah. i'm like okay you're pushing it <laughs> you were so for her i'm like was ride or die i was in the process of getting a tattoo uh-huh. of her right. when oh, wow. she started the show <laughs> but now now i'm getting it covered I'd like to book a removal please <laughs> my thing is i don't think lines like this should be taken at face value I certainly hope not. Right. And if they are meant to be taken at face value, I, I uh, that's upsetting. No, incredibly so. Yeah. But I mean, also when you think about it, when you look at her character arc, it's possible that your protagonist will say shitty things. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't expect your protagonist to be, to hold all your ideals. I totally and mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. I just feel like this is so anti what I thought her character was going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, for Not sure. necessarily like, oh my God, she likes mayonnaise instead of mustard. Like, I don't agree with that, but whatever. <laughs> well, like, that this would is be so a problem like... for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is so <laughs> anti what I thought the statement was gonna be now i gotta buy two condiments so again- <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> good <laughs> so again it was really i blame myself 
because I went in with the preconceived notion. Mm-hmm. Like you see the art, you see her, you see the title, you get a, a, a an idea. Right. Of course. And uh, this really went against everything I thought that I was signing up for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what did she? No, I'm sure she didn't mean it like that. I'm I'm still in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still in, but I'm side-eyeing her. Mm-hmm. Starting to grow a little more suspicious. Yes. Right. <laughs> I did want to call out their use in this film of something called hard lighting. Okay. And it's a way to make colors and everything look better on film Mm -hmm. because you have to shoot differently for digital versus film. Yeah. So when you shoot on film, if you get really hard lighting, you can get all these colors, contrasts, the shading, shadows, and all this. Right, right. And they said that, I read it, I think it was uh, American Cinematographer Magazine. Uh Uh-huh. David Mullen said that they had lights that were so bright and powerful. I, you've done theater like I have. Yeah, it blasts you yeah. like you're blind. <laughs> yes, not only are you blind, like whenever I did the live newscast, yeah. I would sweat because mm-hmm. the lights are so They're fucking hot. hot. Right. Yeah. And so they actually had the fire marshal several times almost shut them down because of how hot the lights <gasps> got. Damn. Because oh my God, they need it. Right, and right. then you have to sit there and be looking all pretty and it's yeah. like, oh my God, that and sucks. I can't even imagine <laughs> they're probably sweating this makeup yeah. off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's rough. They went through it for this film. But Trish agrees kind of with the whole idea of the Prince Charming and the white horse. And Elaine says that she hasn't found her Prince Charming yet, but from her studies in parapsychology, she's found the formula. She says that she understands men better than she used to. She even says Jerry would have never left if she knew then what she knows now. <laughs> this is what I'm like, oh, we're just letting it all hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what did Jerry do, girl? Like, yeah. <laughs> give me all the tea. In flashbacks to his dead body, Elaine says the day that he left was the day that she died, but then she was reborn as a witch. Too much, too fast. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that this was going to be a secret, yeah. like, but go off. Yeah. Like, Trish is like, I just want to get a sandwich. <laughs> I don't even know your last name. No, pull back, dude. pull back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she says Barbara and Gayan brought her back to life and taught her everything she needed to know about magic and about men. She says they're like children, easy to please as long as you give them what they want. The harpist begins to sing about a woman who sounds suspiciously like Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you freestyling? Yeah. <laughs> I actually just wrote this right now. Yeah. You guys uh, watch me spin. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the women return to their conversation. Trish asks what men want, and Elaine says just a pretty woman to love and take care of them to make them feel like a man and give them total freedom. Trish is like, what about what women want? How do they attain equality if they're busy catering to men? Yeah, Elaine, how? Elaine says to get love, you have to give it, and giving men sex is how you unlock their love potential. The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Trish posits that Elaine has been brainwashed by the patriarchy, her entire self-worth wrapped up in pleasing a man. She does admit that she used sex to get engaged with the diamond ring and whatnot, but if she slept with Richard, her fiancé, every time he wanted it, she'd be a wreck. Elaine pities Richard, saying Trish is torturing him. She says that she has to give him his fantasy. Elaine even admits that she's addicted to love. But Trish brings her back to reality. A husband isn't a prince and life isn't a fairy tale. Elaine says life could be a fairy tale if you pleased your husband a little bit more. And now you're wearing the tea. Like, right. I, bitch, are you? Oh. You don't even know me. We just met. Yeah. yeah the, I paused it literally and went, oh, like I could not believe that she said that. Like it turned into a fight real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Things might be a little bit better for you. I'm like, like what the what? fuck did you just say to me? 
That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing the whole time. That's why I was like, this has got to be. Yes. I was like, this is bullshit. I but just, it, I appreciated the kind of pushback and especially her saying that she sounds like she's been brainwashed by the patriarchy because right. uh-huh. uh, bitch, you do. <laughs> I was just, um, wow. Yeah. This and took a hard left. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping is that the voice of Trish in this discussion mm-hmm. is what the writer actually believes. Right. Rather than so. what Elaine, Elaine believes. Saying, yeah. I know there's a few times she says stuff about love, like you should give love and get love back fully and yeah. whatever. I agree with that. But yeah. all the other slave shit it's like no yeah, dude i, mean, I like, don't she'll say something and you're like okay yeah, oh nope nope yeah, nope well, like, well, hold nah, on yeah. nope 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 yeah, nope it's like, like nah. the like, kombucha girl like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no nah but maybe yeah. <laughs> but yeah i don't the thing is is that she is so like 50 50 with her bullshit yeah, yeah. because she starts correct like yeah. jp's saying love is not something you should just take yeah of course but then she's like, and gender roles. Yeah. Now shut your mouth and cook him some food. It's like, are you <laughs> kidding me? I didn't understand. I was, what the fuck? And again, kind of putting these together, this old film style, right? These old ideas to a modern audience. You're like, holy shit! Yeah, people yeah. believed that. Yeah. yeah, and they did. Yeah, and some still do. Ugh, that's my reaction. <laughs> 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 But just then, Richard, played by Robert Seeley, appears behind Trish. He locks eyes with Elaine, and the two share an awkward gaze with eerie music. And You Got It Bad by Usher starts to play. (laughs) (laughs) That was the vibe I got. Uh The vibe I got was Austin Powers. I was like, (laughs) fuck is happening. I was like, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) There were times I got the Kill Bill like, yeah, that that too. I was like, there's a lot of staring going. (laughs) It happens so much. But... Richard eases up and surprises Trish with his presence. He had hoped to meet her for lunch after learning where she was from her coworker, but he's clearly too late. Trish introduces him to Elaine, and she says that she's heard so much about him. He jokes, hoping it's nothing bad, and she says it's the contrary. Tense music plays, and we zoom into Elaine's eyes, but the music hits, and Richard's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the look on his face is hilarious. Well, the way that she's like, I've heard so much about you, I heard that she's not giving it up. Like, yeah. that's, that's what I true. was like. I, I just can't. I can't. I'm falling out of love yeah. by the second. <laughs> not even in the second act yet. No. <laughs> no this looks like the, the third scene. Yeah. But we cut to Elaine back in the apartment, painting a picture of a nude woman standing in front of a white horse, a daydream of several men rising from a gold chalice. This is uh, one of my pet peeves. I think I talked about it on oh, The Mist. Yeah. When the actor is just rubbing a dry brush. On yeah. the- <laughs> I, I was going to say something too, and I was like, I'll let it pass. Yeah. It. Well, it just makes me laugh because every time we see a painting in a movie, they're like, and final it's touches. Yeah. <laughs> like, you did not do that. No. One more dab. It's well, like, no, it's not. No. What was it we watched that they put uh, the people that were drawing in there? And it was like, you just put that in there oh, for them to draw. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> the painting, I, I think a lot of these paintings were done by Anna Biller as well. Okay. I, I'm sure they were. So, I mean, she did everything else. She made the paints. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But we then see her scoop a couple of herbs into a blue pouch embroidered with a pentagram. She then collects red liquid from a pot before consulting a spell book. She pours various ingredients into another pot, stirring it until the solution becomes a bluish gray. It looks amazing. It looks really yeah. great. I um was obsessed with every ring yeah, on oh. her hands, but like they kept appearing and disappearing yes. in between shots because I was looking for them, but they 
they yeah. kept disappearing. Well, I mean, <laughs> in the 60s, Magic, they, <laughs> yeah, she's dude. a witch. Yeah. Were you able to tell immediately what she was making or no? No. <laughs> I did right away. Really? I was like, oh, she's making soap. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> but she pours it into a container and I was like, oh, when I guess. She, uh, when she poured it into the container, yeah. Well, what the only thing that gave it away for me was when she started stirring it and I was mm-hmm. like, that looks like wax. It's a can. I was like, oh no, that's soap. <laughs> yeah. But only because I used to buy natural soaps from a woman that I worked with as well. Oh, that's yeah, right. And yeah. she would show me the molds and show me how she, they came. So I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, that's, I was like, that's what that is. Her method is a lot more pleasing to the eye than, oh, yeah. than Tyler Durden. <laughs> but <laughs> And to the nose, too, I'm sure. I would imagine. But she then combines herbs and petals with a mortar and pestle on an altar. Dressed in a sheer black gown, she lies on a circular rug, candles lit in four directions. With her eyes brightly lit, she drinks from the chalice and begs the goddess to send her a beautiful, sweet man to love her as she loves him. She lies on the rug, extending her limbs like the pentagram beneath her, repeating the words, love me. That was sad. Yes. It was very sad. I loved that in her own little whatever. She had like three costume changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you live here. You don't have it's to like do. It's like sheer and black. Oh, she's about to do the real thing uh. now. Like, I was laughing. I think, again, I know she was also the costume designer, yeah. but the work with the costumes, it's so... And that's the thing is that there is a moment where you realize this is not set in the 60s. Right. Yeah. But at this point, you're like, this is, it feels period specific. It right, does. Right. I mean, minus, I think we see the dude's police car was modern. Yeah. But <laughs> see, that's the thing with me is cars, you could absolutely fool me. Yeah. Like, really? No. Yeah. I unless was like, the, I think that's like a 98. No. Unless they're uh, all the same and one is sticking out, I'd be like, well, yeah, that's fine. I'm sure they had those in the 70s. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I did want to point out as well that it took Anna Biller six months to hook that rug by hand. Jesus Christ. Damn, that's hook work? Yeah. Holy shit. That's insane. She said that she would do it every night a little bit while watching something, and it took her six months. Oh. But it looks uh, no, great. It looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, it does. Is this why it took her seven years to make this? Possibly. <laughs> Stop sewing and hooking no shit. shit. It makes me think like... Just go buy it. <laughs> source the work out. I feel like, I mean, it sucks because I can relate to kind of being, wanting to be in control. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's your vision and yeah. you're putting and all you this time. And you want everything to yeah, be yeah. just right. But at the same time, people are here to help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't start. She hasn't finished the rug yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, it'll be six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next year next yeah, year yeah it'll be fine uh, also I wanted to point out that she did so much research to maintain accuracy with spells that we see in this film I appreciate that because like, it would have been very easy to just slap some shit together right. yeah I, I was confused though about what they're following mm-hmm. uh, like what she's practicing because they say some stuff later but what she's doing doesn't no fit with what was explained so I've read that what she's doing is considered red magic. Okay. Now, I know nothing on this subject. Right, right. But I do know that I read a lot of blogs from Wiccans, from witches. Right, right. And they were very pleased to see how things were going. Oh, cool. Uh So I don't know if 
that belongs to those groups. Right. Or if it's just a matter of knowing about magic enough to say, well, this is accurate. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, you can, maybe yeah, you guys can help me out with that. If y'all know about it, educate us, please. Right. I'm beyond, I'm dabbling in like crystals and stuff, but I don't, I, I'm an idiot. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> enlighten and teach us, please. Right. Yes. Very interested to learn. Absolutely. Uh, but like I said, I'll say it later when I was just kind of like, wait, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But in the next scene, we see her walking down the street in town, every man turning to look at her as she passes. So I was like, so it worked. Right. That's what I was thinking yeah. as well. But she stops at Moonrise Herbs, a magical apothecary, and heads inside. There, she meets Wendy, the shopkeeper played by Jennifer Couch. In previous conversations that we didn't see, they apparently spoke on the phone, Elaine introducing herself as the woman who makes soaps and candles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Elaine opens her bag for Wendy to sample her wares, impressed at the quality of the products and looking at Elaine's price list, which was very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, $100 for a candle? I mean, I don't know candle prices, right. the market for them. I felt no, like it expensive. was, oh. the candles are expensive. She doesn't get any money up front. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was odd too. Yeah. Uh, one would think that you buy them from her and then sell them. Exactly. With your markup. Right. Exactly. And if she's charging $100 for her. Yeah. yeah. Shit. God damn. I know we said A24 on the St. Maude episode sells candles for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. But she says that if they sell well, she'll order more. And the women part company pleasantly, Wendy bidding her bright blessings on her way out. I do like that a lot. Yes. I I like the sound of that. And I was like, I, I might. I was like, I enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Check up a little on that. I, I don't understand why they sounded like Kardashians while they were talking. They were very <laughs> monotone. <laughs> and that happens a lot. Yeah. See, okay. The, okay. I did want to talk about that. Yes. Because it kind of surprised me. And I don't want to say I don't believe it, but I don't want to say I believe it. Okay. <laughs> what I heard in several interviews. Right. Because people, whenever they interviewed Anna Biller about this, one of the things they talked about was the like presentational acting style. Right. Almost theatrical, like classical. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. And she said that the only person that she worked with on the performance was Samantha I, Robinson. Oh, I was going to say, can I guess? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you need to. <laughs> no, wait, please. Don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and when I said it, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> but There's one character style that I don't know if it's bad on purpose. Uh-huh. Well, that's the thing is that she says that she auditioned tons of people and literally just had them do their thing. Whenever they auditioned, she liked the style of their acting, the musical notes of their tonality and cast them. But I feel like there's no way that you get this stylized acting without telling them what to do. Yeah. With everyone just being like understanding the assignment without yeah. being given the assignment yeah yeah, yeah i don't I know don't. about that she said that they're all classically trained like theatrical actors which shows because it's very presentational right but i don't see how you get these performances out of people without giving them the assignment yeah yeah i don't, I don't there know. was direction given there had to be yeah. <laughs> i mean you're the director yeah there's no <laughs> So you mean you spent six months on a rug, but you didn't no. direct anything? <laughs> <laughs> she said that she spent four months with Samantha Robinson, like showing her old movies and getting the right style. She said that the idea of the character at first was actually more camp from Samantha Robinson. Right. And she had to tone her down. 
Mm. Ah. Which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like her performance is very camp. Right. Yeah, it is. It fits everything perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And she kind of, if her performance was phoned in in any way, this film doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I don't know. I think she does a great job for what is required. I agree. But Elaine heads to a nearby park and takes a seat on a bench to enjoy her lunch. We hear a man wolf whistle at her as she crosses the street. So I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But in a voiceover, Elaine explains that when asked, she explains that she's a witch because she wants to have magical powers, but it's not like it sounds. It's all about using your will to get what you want. She throws some bread from her sandwich to a few nearby pigeons, but music grows tense as she notices Wayne Peters, played by Jeffrey Vincent Paris, chatting with Shelley Curtis, played by Lily Holloman. Shots of Wayne are intercut with shots of Jerry in Elaine's mind. We see her and Wayne lock eyes, and Wayne immediately ditches Shelly and heads to the bench to chat with yeah. Elaine. She's like, her face is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, they were in the middle of a conversation. I think it's just like, could you imagine? That's <laughs> like, fucked up. It's disrespectful yeah. as fuck. I don't even care if they're just friends. No, it's rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? But they start to talk, and after the two agree that it's a beautiful day and learn of their shared appreciation for nature, Elaine correctly guesses that Wayne likes to spend time in the woods. She also says that the city and the people get to be too much for him, and he retreats into nature. Wayne's like, what the H? Yeah. I loved <laughs> that half of what she said was just like platitudes that would yeah. work. Like, you hate rude people. He's like, holy oh my shit. God. <laughs> it's like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> But I did appreciate because thus far, Elaine has, uh, for lack of a better term, seemed very thirsty in mm-hmm. her search. Uh-huh. I love, 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 love me. Somebody love me. I just yeah. want to love somebody. But when he comes over, she's like super chill. Mm-hmm. So I, I like was kind of expecting more desperation. And I was glad that she was able to, you know. Hold it together. A little yeah. <laughs> kind of rein it in and be cool about it. And he's just like, oh, cowabunga yeah. or whatever. Like, he's just yeah, like, well, like was he a ninja turtle? Eating pizza and shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but he is totally amazed that she's so dead on. In fact, he has a house in the woods an hour from here that he uses to recharge. She asks if he takes his wife up there, but learns that he is not married. But he does take girls up there from time to time. She asks if he'd like to take a girl up there now. And he's like, I- I'm sorry, what? I mean, it's the middle of the day. Yeah. And I was so? just with a friend. <laughs> But she says that she's new in town and hasn't seen much nature. If he'll take her, she'll make him a nice dinner. Absolutely overjoyed, he agrees and they head to his car. Now, real quick before we move on, you better go back and pick up that fucking paper bag and sandwich you left sitting on there before <laughs> oh, you yeah. go fuck. I don't before you go fuck. fuck. <laughs> I mean, you implied it. We know what's going on. Well, Tim, I was just like thrown because it seemed like he was like doing... I don't know the way that he was dressed and like his demeanor. It seemed like he was like on break or on lunch right. or at work. Yeah. Oh, that's what <laughs> I thought anymore. too. <laughs> <laughs> like he immediately struck me as academic. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, don't you have a class <laughs> yeah. to teach? Not anymore. One of, no. One of y'all, if you've known each other for 30 seconds and y'all are both down to drive an hour into the woods to wow. eat. Mm-hmm. One of y'all Nature. is a serial killer. Like yeah. I, I'm See, like, I'm uneasy. What... <laughs> <laughs> and his, I don't know, his eagerness, I guess is supposed to speak to like men not giving a fuck about anything. For right, sure. Right. But one thing, but I think even like, again, 
I go to a park with a friend, right? And then I lock eyes with a woman, and within two seconds, that's not gonna happen. And they just walk to the car. Like yeah. I, I'm laughing thinking about it from her point of view. That's the thing, because <laughs> Shelly does watch from afar. Yeah, she's yeah, like, what the she fuck? And she looks kind of suspicious. I'd be furious. I yeah. think she was mad about her leaving the trash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought and, she was like, and dude gone, but she's like, this bitch really loved that trash. That's dude. just fucking horror, yeah. bud. I heard you talk about nature. Yeah, like, you don't care about Mother Gaia. You fucking you're, liar. Yeah. I thought she was like that. You were my ride. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I'm just get old, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but that night, we see Elaine and Wayne arrive at his beautiful home in the woods. That is a whole ass home. Yeah, that's not a getaway. I think it's yeah. referred to more than once as a cabin. I'm like, yeah, that is not a yeah. fucking cabin. I'll take a fucking cabin. No yeah. shit. <laughs> please. <laughs> take my cabin, please. <laughs> <laughs> but Wayne parks the car and immediately rips off his jacket, saying he'd like to make love with her in the car right now. He swoops on her and starts kissing, but Elaine stops him, offering him a drink from a flask first. She says it's something she made. Wayne doesn't even smell it. He just pops it open and takes a sip. Yeah. I, okay. So I don't know if there's, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what this says about me, but I'm like, okay, there are two consenting adults. I know that they've known each other. At, well, at this point they've known each other for an hour. Right. <laughs> Cause they drove out. But, right. Right. But she's like, cabin. I like nice people too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let's fucking get married. <laughs> but I'm like, they want to go and, and do the nasty, whatever. I'm right. like, that's fine. That's their business. Mm -hmm. But when she hands him a flask and he starts drinking, I'm like, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't even what know. He her. He's like, what's in this? And yeah. She, and and she's like, I made it. And he's like, okay. oh, cool. no, <laughs> incorrect answer. Absolutely. Oh, you made it. You drink it first. Yes. Then yeah. I'll have a sip. Yeah. And maybe not even then. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because you could be suspicious. holding it and then yeah. spit it out. <laughs> like, swallow, you, swallow. Yeah. Or you've built up a tolerance. Exactly. Yeah. Like the princess bride. Oh, yeah. oh fuck. <laughs> but the strength of whatever it is stops him. But she tells him to finish it. And he does. He's like, you got a boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that was literally at that point that I was like, she could be a serial killer. Literally. Right. I know that most methods are, at least with women serial killers, are poisonings. Most of the time, yeah. So I'm like, this is just yeah. the and beginning. And he's just like, go, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, and he gulps so loud. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. It's cartoony. But Wayne goes back to kissing her, but she asks if they could go inside instead, and they do. Once inside the very clean house, Wayne starts kissing her again, but she stops him, saying that she'll start to make dinner. Wayne lights a fire as Elaine makes some big-ass steaks. Yeah. Did anybody else think the steaks looked like the dick flyer from Sunny? <laughs> <laughs> no, not enough veins. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bicep. It's yeah. a bicep. Sorry. I mean, what's more masculine than yeah. that? <laughs> But she also makes salad and potatoes. I don't know why, but the way that the food is shot looks great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looked delicious. It kind of reminds me, you know how nobody gives Tarantino the credit for how good he makes food look on mm. film? Yeah. But it kind of reminded me of that. And honestly, in a way that there's a lot of Tarantino parallels here because you have a filmmaker that's very attached to one era of cinema. Right. Yeah. And also borrows a lot of Neo Morricone music. For the film, right? So I mean, it's kind of a lot less um, feet, though. 
Yeah. And this one. Well, we well, can't all be winners, but <laughs> uh, I was gonna say nothing wrong with that, but <laughs> opposites. Yes. <laughs> it makes the world go round. Right. But the thing is about the music is that I do love the music in this film. Right. But I did realize that the majority of the stuff that I really love was a Neo Right. Okay. But I mean I can't fault that because you picked great music. Right, yeah. right. But once everything's prepared, she brings the plates to the coffee table where the two eat on the floor. Wayne pours wine, impressed by the food in front of him. They toast to nature because that's all they have in common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they sip their wine. Wayne digs into his steak and Elaine eats pieces of salad and potatoes. Mm-hmm. I felt like that had to, you know. Uh, me too. Yeah. And you do see her. She puts her knife and fork on the steak several times, yeah. Yeah. but never cuts it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's got to mm-hmm. mean something. But Elaine finds out that Wayne is an 18th century literature professor at the university, and she calls him a libertine. They joke a bit about it, but she asks him seriously if he is a libertine, and he admits it, saying that he loves women, which does not seem to bother Elaine. Right. No, but this is when I I was laughing because I'm like, you're a fucking teacher, dude. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just like, see ya. Like, class is canceled. Like, I don't. (laughs) Grading or a staff meeting or anything? Okay, cool. It was the middle of the day. Like, I can't stress that enough. He's seen an opportunity. (laughs) And he took took it. it. I had to look it up for the record. A libertine is defined as an immoral or sexually promiscuous man. Thank and he's you. Like, I had no idea what the fuck like, was guilty like, as charged. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like, I don't know why his performance cracks me up. Right. He is hilarious. Like, yeah. I just don't. Every line he says, like even when they were in the park and he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while. I was he like, was what? good. I was like, all right. No, yeah. Yeah. He's really good. And he, that's the thing is he fits the era so perfectly. Yeah. There's no way you can't yeah you told him to do this but (laughs) (laughs) suddenly wayne starts to feel strange he asks what was in the drink that she gave him and she tells him organic berries vodka and uh hallucinogenic herbs have a nice trip teach yeah all right (laughs) he digs it though yeah i was just laughing because she's like you want to go to your cabin Mm -hmm. bet drink this you don't know what it is okay it was hallucinogenics. All right. Yeah. Like, I, dude. I, this dude is fucking down for well, whatever. It made me laugh because he goes, you're wild. <laughs> well, he's, he's having such a good time. Yeah. I don't think he gives a fuck. It's like I'm eating a bomb ass steak. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, this dude is just fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> but his vision grows a bit fuzzy with dazzling lights. Now, this impressed me. Mm-hmm. This was practically done by the director of photography. All right. They put plastic filters over the lenses. Right. And it kind of creates a rainbow streak. That's crazy. That's so cool. It was not added in. No, it looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. But she asks if she can make herself a bit more comfortable. And he is definitely into that. (laughs) (laughs) Elaine stands up, seductively removing her boots and black jacket. The interior of her jacket is lined with rainbow stripes, which causes Wayne to freak out. (laughs) Yeah, I, I didn't understand. He's like, like oh he's my like, God. Yeah. It's like covering his he's eyes. He with, did. Yeah. He's fine with being drugged, but he draws the line at the colorful line. Yeah. He's like, it's so bright. <laughs> and it's really not. It wasn't. I no. This was hilarious to me. But this line makes me laugh because he's like, you have two selves. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the dark and quiet exterior that you show the world. And then she's, he goes, but who do you give the colors to? <laughs> so much for symbolism. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Come on, man. It's very to the point. 
But she tells him that she gives the colors of the rainbow to him right now. She continues to undress and dude is all horned up. (laughs) She throws her stockings at him and he smells them and then she throws her bra at him and he rubs it all over his face. Topless, she says that he can make love to her now and he joins her, removing his shirt and carrying her to bed. He lays her down and smooths the silk sheet like he's got a hot date with a bear. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my train of thought. But... They get to make him with the love, and the camera focuses and unfocuses on various objects in the room. We get close-ups of Elaine's face with some neat era-specific camera tricks, and they lock eyes, Wayne transfixed. After Wayne has arrived, or whatever, (coughs) he turns away from her, tearfully taking a sip of water from a glass on his nightstand. I'm like, so the spell worked? Like, he's tore up. Yeah, it's, uh, something's going on. Right. Elaine asks him what's wrong, and he says that he feels strange. She tells him that she's with him and that everything's all right. He says no woman has ever given herself to him like that before, saying that she's unlike any woman he's ever met. No games, no agendas. He says women expect all kinds of promises after sex, but how can you commit to someone you don't even know? I mean, banging, I guess, is Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, I love how... Well, he acts like he knows her already. Yeah, he's like you just did. There's no fucking games, man. It's like you. This could all be a game. Like you don't. (laughs) What are you talking about? He's under a spell. So well, he doesn't know that. No, No, he doesn't. He's very emotional. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me laugh because, like you're saying, literally all he knows she enjoys nature. Yeah, (laughs) she makes a good steak, steak. (laughs) and she's very attractive. That's it. And he's like, I've never met a woman yeah. like you. And she has two sides. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which he plainly stated. <laughs> but Elaine reluctantly agrees when he calls it crazy. He just goes flat honest. He never thought he'd settle down because the attractive girls aren't bright enough and all the bright girls aren't attractive enough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is the dude you want, right? Oh, like, apparently. This is, yeah, this is him. This is Prince Charming. <laughs> She sympathizes with him, and he says that he spent so much time thinking he didn't need anyone, but now he's not so sure. He says he's never felt real love like this before, breaking into sobs and telling her he's scared. He says he can't take it, and as Elaine cradles him, he says he's sick. He's, like, holding his chest as well. Yeah, he's freaking out. He's like, this is a bad trip. (laughs) It makes me laugh because she says that she loves him, and he goes, mm. Yeah. (laughs) Like, say it again. (laughs) But she says that she'll always be here for him and tells him to get some sleep. We cut to Elaine seated on the couch enjoying a smoke as Wayne cries out desperately for her from the bedroom. He's like, Stella! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking ripping his shirt. He is going through it. But this surprised me because in a voiceover, she calls him a pussy. Yeah! She did this. Yes! Yes. You did the ocular pat down, he got hooked, (laughs) and then now you want to be mad. Apparently. You did this to him. I, I think it confuses me because she... Maybe it's a matter of being careful what you're trying to get. Right. Because, I mean, she really wasn't specific. She said, love me as much as I love him. And he loves her a lot. Yeah. A lot. Immediately. And she's right. like, ugh. She's like, gross, right. Too dude. strong, Shut too strong. Yeah. <laughs> Clingy as fuck. There's something, I didn't fully grasp it here, but something else happens later, and I'm like, I think maybe I understand what the issue is. Right. But right. we'll talk about it then. But she says that she thought he was a real man, but he's just a little girl. After all, no one was there for her when she cried her heart out. 
It's like, I don't know what that has to do with Wayne. Yeah. So are we looking for love or are we still seeking revenge? Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm very confused. Jerry is dead. Yeah, yeah. Jerry's gone. Jerry's gone. But we fade into the next morning as Elaine wakes up on the couch. She notices a small stain of blood on one of the blankets and she heads to the bathroom and we see her opening a tampon. Afterward, she heads into the kitchen and begins cooking breakfast. After preparing quite a spread with coffee, mm-hmm. she brings it to Wayne on a tray. Doesn't she take off a wig in the bathroom? Yeah, she does. I was like, at least we're acknowledging that this is a wig because yeah. this is a wig. <laughs> I I can't spot it. I can't clock it. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's like you with the cars. It's me with wigs. <laughs> her hair is beautiful. But he reaches for her hair, his hands shaking as he sips a coffee at Elaine's request. He tells her he had terrible dreams the night before, but he kept calling for her, but she never answered him. Yeah, that was totally a dream. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, hey, Wayne. Yeah, that's weird, like, man. Can he not get out of bed anymore? Yeah. I don't know. He's debilitated. Yeah. Like, literally, you need to tweak your formula because whatever you mixed up is yeah. not, that's yeah. not it. Too much sage for whatever. <laughs> Too much something. Something, something's off. But he asks if she loves him, and emotionless, she says that she does. He then crumbles into sobs. She asks if he's hungry, and he says he doesn't know what he is. (laughs) (laughs) She wrecked his shit. She says he should try to get some sleep and gets up to leave the room, but he begs her not to leave. She says she's not going anywhere. She's just stepping into the living room, and she does. Like, don't you have a class to teach or something? (laughs) You got an hour, dude, (laughs) to drive back to town. (laughs) But on the coffee table, she does a tarot reading for herself, pulling the five of cups the tower, and her old friend, the Three of Swords. Uh Uh-oh. According to tarot.com, the Five of Cups pulled upright signifies emotional upheaval. The tower signifies disaster. And we've already discussed the Three of Swords. Yeah. She heads back to the bedroom and tries to wake up Wayne, but finds him dead. Well, shit. Yeah. She tearfully closes his eyes and rests her head on his chest as she cries. We cut to her next to nude, collecting flowers from outside. A deer... Clearly stock footage from something else. Yeah. (laughs) Watches her. I think it was a scene from Life is Strange. (laughs) But back inside, she urinates into a mason jar, taking it to the kitchen and pouring it into a larger glass bottle. She then places her used tampon inside along with several herbs. In a voiceover, Elaine says that used tampons aren't gross, as a lot of people say they are, saying that most men haven't even seen one in real life before. We'll learn later what she's just created. Right. But she also leaves some leftover piss in that jar. Yeah. yeah. So this whole time I'm like, I understand what she's doing. Or yeah, what, right, that right. She's doing a, a ritual. Uh-huh. But all I'm thinking about is how much DNA she's leaving all over this oh, house. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm thinking about. I mean, but and the thing is, is that you're like, well, if it's the 60s, then that doesn't matter as I, much. My right, next right. note is, but, but I guess it doesn't matter if it's the 70s. But... You did leave a witness with the woman that you rudely, you know, uh-huh. ditched at the thing. I'm I'm just True. like, my mind immediately goes, oh, you like want to get caught. Yeah. No, she's not good at this. Yeah. Not at all. And we also learn later that it is not the 60s no. or 70s. No, it's not. <laughs> so she's fucking up bad. But she puts a cap on the bottle and says part of her can be with Wayne now. Always. Elaine, now wearing a dress, wheels his body outside, now dressed in a suit in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she went through his closet. (laughs) But she says that she doesn't mind death and that she's buried people before. 
people she cared about. So it's like you don't even care about Wayne. Yeah, yeah I was like, so the the implication there is, yeah. mm, I don't this piece of shit. Like, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. People I gave a fuck about. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Wayne is not one of them. Oh no yeah. no no no. But as she buries him in his garden, she says that we're all compost in the end, and everything regenerates. She says that she'd like to come back as a cat and that she's been depressed since her cat, Gray Malkin, passed away. He was her best friend. I was like, I this never comes up again. Yeah. Never. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, that's going to. Nope. No. 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 I mean, I personally would love to have known Gray Malkin. Yeah. So <laughs> where's the cat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so where is this? And so I feel like you're promising us a cat. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's Schrodinger. No, not Schrodinger's cat. That's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Chekhov's cat. <laughs> But she takes off her dress, placing it on the mound, speaking aloud that she's giving the rainbow to Wayne right now, which is what she said before. Right. Yeah. She pours lighter fluid on it and sets it ablaze next to herbs and her little bottle. Yeah. She then retreats into the house, taking a bath with violet petals. Later, Elaine steals Wayne's car and heads back to the city. And you're driving his car. <laughs> yeah. This is the victim's car. I'm I'm just what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Well, when she starts it, she like turns it and leaves the key turned a little bit. I was like, oh, oh I don't. Do, yeah, yeah. I was like, why'd you do that? <laughs> You're like, that's the worst crime you've committed. Oh. Yeah, seriously. It's so, it sounds so bad. It and does. For a second, but I was like, oh, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I used to have an old car like that, and I'm like, my heart was broken. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Elaine, I can't take yeah. it. <laughs> like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> but back in her apartment, Elaine paints another picture. This time, it's of a nude woman holding a bleeding heart and a knife sat beside a dead man with a hole in his chest. All right. Blood drips from the knife and wine spills from a dropped chalice. As she puts her finishing touches on it, which mm, yeah. we know. <laughs> finishing touches. Her yeah. dry ass. <laughs> her dry brush. Yeah. Upbeat harpsichord music plays and the doorbell rings. This time it's Trish. She compliments Elaine once again, and after pouring Trish a cup of tea and snagging a wedge of cake that she made for herself. That cake was fucking beautiful. It was. You just made that to make it and eat it in your apartment? I gotta be honest, unless she's training for some Food Network competition... I'm just I'm just gonna make a cake quick and shovel it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if unless it's being presented to other people, which this was not a plan no. to. No, it's gorgeous. It's pink. It's fucking like yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> but anyway, the two sit down together in the living room to catch up. Uh, I do enjoy what she's wearing because it reminds me of Elizabeth from Bioshock. <laughs> so I was I was very <laughs> sad and happy at the same time because I loved that game. Uh-huh. I was like, oh man, no, this is her, great. Her wardrobe and jewelry are yeah. flawless. That is not being called into yeah. question. No. And also it seemed like Elizabeth's outfit was kind of a call to a bygone era as well. Right. Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> but Elaine says that she had been busy with a man, which is why she hadn't heard from her in a while, but that didn't work out. She says she really liked him and even thought he was the one. Trish says maybe next time he will be. But she says that she's come by to check in and to say goodbye because she's heading to Dallas for a furniture convention. The way she was like, and goodbye. Yeah. Like she was moving away and she's like, oh no, I'm just going to. Yeah. It's like, it's like no, I'll be gone for the weekend. Why'd you say it like that? I don't know. But Elaine too eagerly asks if Richard will be going with her 
and it turns out he won't be. Why are you so concerned about Richard? Yeah, I, I was going to say... I. Great question. I You're don't think you would have mm-hmm. let that up. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. See, uh, Elaine's eyes dart around and she's clearly plotting something. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, is a pink cake the new lemon square? Because you know uh, what? <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> I was like, poor Richard, man. Yeah. He has no idea what's coming. No, we've seen what Elaine's capable of. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry, but I uh, Trish is supposed to be your friend. Yeah. Yes. You're like only friend really besides yeah. her people. Yeah. So what the fuck is like, I'm mad yeah. for her. Uh, we'll talk more okay. uh, when more stuff happens. <laughs> and if you're Trish, do you not clock this at all? Apparently not. Like those eyes were darty yeah. as fuck. Did, did you not clock that your husband or whatever the fuck they are was like Ooh, when he met her the first time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, he also finish looked- him swooning in a circle. <laughs> like, are you fucking? Hello, like snap back to reality. I just don't. I just don't get it. I I don't get it the most disrespectful shit and she's like and he's out of town yeah in which apartment are you guys (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking unbelievable but that night at a burlesque club almost the entire set blood red we watch as mandy played by danny lennon finishes up her act jane a barmaid played by gina venditti snags a drink from sam the bartender played by frank farmer i don't know if barmaid is the correct term anymore that's what she was credited as of course she was jane the barmaid (laughs) (laughs) But Mandy joins them at the bar as Sam asks if they heard about the body the police found in the river. He read in the paper that they found a symbol carved in his chest. He shows her the paper that just flat out has the corpse on the front page. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Mandy immediately recognizes it. It's a pentagram. Lyle, played by Kyle Derrick, leans angrily over the bar, blaming it on the witches. Thank you, Lyle. (laughs) Why don't you mind your own fucking business, Mick Jagger? (laughs) Nobody's even fucking talking to you. I read that he was the actual fight and stunt coordinator for the film. Oh, nah. so it, <laughs> well, he looks just like Mick Jagger. <laughs> 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 but Sam agrees that it was the witches. But I was like, who committed this murder? I oh, thought it was yeah. Wayne, but with but that we were just finding out she carved something into his chest. They found him in the river. Wayne's Barry. It, it was right. not Wayne. Oh, so I'm like, who? Okay, see, I thought it was Wayne too. Yeah. Oh. Probably fucking Elaine. Like, we're like, yeah. we don't know what she's up to when That's she's not true. on screen. Like, you don't <laughs> see <laughs> her whole life. But Elaine sits at a table in the club with Barbara. And she, she goes, That's everything. But we shortly learn that she hasn't told her anything. Yeah. <laughs> Elaine launches into the actual story, saying that after Jerry died, the cops wouldn't stop harassing her. They actually thought she killed him. I was like, yeah, real stress. Perish the thought. (laughs) But she says after Barbara left San Francisco, it became a real drag. So when she remembered that Barbara had an extra apartment in Eureka, she jumped at it. Barbara is stoked, only lamenting that she wasn't there to greet her. Elaine says that Trish has been great and she's been getting a lot of artwork done. But this is when she launches into the story about Wayne. She says that she used love magic on him, but then he got super emotional and weird, and then he got really sick. Barbara doesn't seem surprised and says guys can't handle their emotions. It's why they avoid heavy conversations. She posits that all that love and great sex probably was just too much for him. It made me laugh because Barbara's like, look, we know you put it on him. (laughs) You know it. You don't have to say it. I know it. But she tells Elaine to be careful and maybe don't use love spells. Yeah, right. that was my my thought here. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be fucking don't with love magic if this is the outcome. Yes. Maybe practice some more. That yeah. wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Read, read, read some more. <laughs> 
I again thought it was very like simplistic and like stereotypical. Right. Saying like men can't handle emotions or conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, what? But this is when Gayen pops up in a red robe, greeting Elaine dramatically. Dramatically is a way to yeah. put it. I was uh, like, hello, who the fuck? Yeah, that yeah. would have. Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck is this character? He lifts her from her seat, kneels down to kiss her stomach, kisses her heart, and when he goes to kiss her on the lips, she turns away and he kisses her on the cheek. They all sit back down together. I do want to again call out all the red. I can't stop. Yeah, it's a beautiful club, clearly decorated for this purpose. Right. Yeah. I read in an interview that Biller said that they couldn't find a burlesque club, mm-hmm. so they had to make it their own. Oh shit! Well, and they did a great no, job. Looks yeah. great. But Gayan agrees with Barbara. You have to be careful with love spells. They never work the way you think. But despite all that, he says it's great to see her. It's been over a year. They raise their glasses as Gayan recites. Thank you, goddess everywhere, for the blessings that we share. They all say, blessed be, Hariah. Yeah. Yeah. They're stoked. I yeah. was laughing. Well, I'm like, y'all should probably be careful with those chalices, because in the back, the guys at the bar are like, yeah. like you can see them <laughs> shaking their heads like out of focus. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you could have just gotten glasses. Yeah. You know? Like, did you bring those from home? <laughs> <laughs> the second their chant is done, Lyle pops up and he goes, go home, witches. <laughs> <laughs> But Barbara says to just ignore him. When it comes to acceptance of witchcraft, Eureka is no San Francisco. Gayen recounts the good old days where people would just boff freely and nobody cared what anybody was. We watch as April Showers, played by April Showers, (laughs) (laughs) takes the burlesque stage. The group continues catching up and we learn that despite taking on new courses, Barbara and Gan are still teaching the staples, a long list of courses ending in sex magic. Elaine, in an almost accusatory tone, says, oh, you're still teaching that? Gan says they are and have even invited a few dancers from the club for a seminar about sexual dance. Her reaction was weird to me because yeah. uh-huh. isn't that your vibe? Like, isn't that what you're into? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one would think that she would be fine with it, but then it kind of puts a thought in your head. Like, what is Gayen been up to? Yeah. Right, right. So I was like, that's the only other explanation. If it's not the subject matter that she has a problem with, it's him. And then the way that she reacted to him, like kissing all up on her and stuff. I'm like, this dude is I'm I'm getting the impression that this dude is trash. Yeah. And I don't know why he's in such a high regard in this society of theirs. Right. I it's it's odd because he and Barbara both espouse in a second very outdated ideas. Right. Yeah. Right. But I always associated in my mind witchcraft with empowering women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he has co-opted this idea. That's I feel like that's right. what I'm getting at. I feel like I think the same thing because it's not as if that men can't practice it, but the, what we're being told in the context of this film, it is weird to me that a man is kind of doing the, being the figurehead. Of right. This. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess if you look at it, like you've got Alistair Crowley, you've yeah. got Anton LaVey. I get that. But what they're specifically saying, their intentions, their beliefs just weird. I don't no, know. It, no, it's, it's weird odd to me. And it only gets weirder. Confusing. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> one might say. <laughs> but two women, Star and Moon, played by L. Evans and Fair Michaela Griffin, join the group, greeting them in unison. Now, 
they're dressed in white, which yeah. mm-hmm. obviously means something. Right. But they're playing sisters. They look identical. No, they no, look yeah. very. I thought they were sisters. So in real did life. I. Yeah. I expected to see they were played by twins. When they walked up, I was like, "Y'all are already on some weird shit." Yeah. The way they were talking. <laughs> Come play with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "No." <laughs> but Gayen points to April, who is well into her striptease, asking Star and Moon if they recognize April's power over the men in the room and if they'd like it for themselves. April's fucking killing it. Yeah. I mean, she's got a great act. Yeah, <laughs> undisputed. <laughs> she's doing the damn thing. The girls say that they would like that power, and Gayan tells them every witch needs to find out where their power lies. So, right now, we're talking about power, mm-hmm. empowering women. I'm on board. Right. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. He goes on to say that a woman's power lies in her sexuality. He says it's not sexist. It's a celebration of her earthly body, spiritual essence, and womb. Uh Uh-huh. Barbara concurs, saying the history of witchcraft is interwoven with the fear of women's sexuality. See, he's fucking up. She's correct about the fears of women and witchcraft. So it's, again, this 50-50 bullshit. It's very confusing. Because I'm like, yes, no, yeah, no, no, yes, wait, no. No, no, no. Yeah. But, yeah, but no. Yeah. (laughs) It's so, I'm like, my brain can't, it's going too fast. Yes. But Barbara says that they were burned at the stake in the early days and now forced into the bondage of marriage in the current day. Gayen stresses men's rationality and women's emotions, saying true equality lies in that difference. Barbara says that they need to teach men how to love them using ways that men understand. We watch as the men continue to be transfixed on April's act, removing her top and twirling her tassels. Gayen tells the girls to dress attractively, stand their ground, and to make men feel like men. Barbara says to use sex magic to destroy their fear of women and to open his heart to the floodgates of love. Only then will they be seen as human. Then, when his heart is open to love, do with him what you will. The music reaches a crescendo as April finishes her act. Now... This scene is beautifully shot. It is. But the discussion is offensive to everyone. Yeah. So a man can't see you as a woman or as a human. I'm sorry. Yeah. A man can't see a woman as a human until she fucks him. Right. But then he's so stupid that after you fuck him, he'll do whatever you want. Apparently. Okay. (laughs) But you're not a human until you have sex with him. No. And a woman's power only comes from her sexuality. Right. And a woman is defined by her womb. Right. Which, what the fuck? Like, see, and I think this is where I was like saying at the beginning. Disgustingly exclusionary. Yeah. I. (laughs) (laughs) We're speechless here. Yeah. I really. What the fuck are y'all? What are we supposed to take away? Like, what what was the takeaway of the conversation? For me, I think the takeaway... This is where I'm rationalizing. Please. Right. I think that they are presenting very outdated ideas right. that have informed Elaine's entire way of thinking. So the things that we see her say, like when she was talking to Trish, yeah. it's all coming from this place of like antiquated, old ass fucking... It's like when you meet a fucking idiot yeah. and then you see their parents and you're like, that, oh, yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> the red hat. Right. But, <laughs> it all makes yeah. sense now. But I think that's the thing is that this feels intentionally exclusionary. It's right. gross. Almost like the idea that they're espousing has been corrupted. Yeah. Right. And that they're corrupting these young minds with mm-hmm. their bullshit. Oh yeah. And so I mean it feels less like a, a feeling of like togetherness in this empowering world of witchcraft. 
and more like these old ideas from I guess almost the film era that we're capturing yeah is outdated and harmful it's incredibly harmful because stuff this still I know that we're like really talking about this like capsule of time that is in the rear view mirror but people still fucking feel this way that's why I feel like yeah. that's why I'm watching <laughs> yeah. this and it's it's like I get I get it especially if this is supposed to be satirical but like it's upsetting yeah, yeah. so I mean I don't <laughs> that's why I'm like I wish I knew more about the intention behind the film or even the person that made it because yeah no 100% it, it's, it's confusing to me because I want to be like, wow, you know that what you're saying is bullshit. And that's why you're saying it, because we're all supposed to be pointing and laughing at how stupid this is. But like, are you sure? Am I, I sure that, that we're all <laughs> that we're all pointing and laughing together at the same thing? Right. Or am yeah. I supposed to be watching this and being like, fuck, yeah, yeah. You have to have babies to be a woman. Like, I, I, I don't know what you want from me. I hope not. I <laughs> sincerely hope not. But that the confusion of it is why I'm like. <laughs> I don't know, man. This this was a. I was like, my I was like, I don't know if I'm offended or am I supposed <laughs> yes, to laugh? Right, because exactly. I was like, I or both. Yeah, I don't and know the way that they tag team the discussion with Star and Moon. It feels like they're overloading you on purpose with the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's a lot of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm like, when you're talking about a woman being defined by her womb, that's gross. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this this is getting to places that were believed in the 60s or whenever mm-hmm. right and so i like to think now this is where i'm hoping it's social yeah. commentary right, right. and satire that the idea is to present these ideas so we can look at them and be like holy shit yeah, yeah. i feel like what what the disconnect is for me is that you know it would be fine and dandy to be like, look at how people used to think. Isn't that gross? Yeah. yeah. But we've still got the JK Rowling's of the world that oh. are women. Yes. And do feel this way. So it makes it tricky. So it's like, yeah, but how far have we really come? If that's the commentary, it's not like we're on the other side and it's like, whoo, that was crazy. Right guys. Like, no, we're not no. completely. Battles are still being fought. <laughs> exactly. right, right. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm not really trying to like derail anything or, or us get too like, you um, know, whatever, or anything. Yeah. but a lot of this messaging is really harmful and gross. And I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's, that's my entire hope and allows me to appreciate the film. Yeah is if it's being presented to show and yeah. demonstrate how harmful it is. Right, I've never right. hoped anything more <laughs> in yeah. any film that we've covered. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I know you mentioned it, but that tassel work was very impressive. <laughs> yes. Was. Like, I couldn't do that. No. And no. I, that was like work work I was I, like, god damn i could practice for six <laughs> no, months yeah, that's what i'm saying <laughs> no. i try no, yeah. I, no no she was up there fucking killing it yeah. i would go see april showers live absolutely and i hope she's having a great day yeah. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> <too>. <laughs> but back in elaine's apartment we pan across shrines of elaine's past lovers she holds jerry's photo and we hear him in a voiceover telling elaine that he loves her very much but she needs to be more careful As Elaine sits in front of a mirror in present day, Jerry's voice says dinner was late three times this week and the house is a pigsty. He says he found a whole hot dog under the bed the other day. Now, I just want to say screw like gender roles or whatever. If you are leaving a whole hot dog (laughs) (laughs) under the bed, that's 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 a problem for anybody. (laughs) 
I mean, I've never. You lost a whole hot dog. If you yeah. it. Well, your whole lunch is gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll find its way to the trash. What the fuck? I well, there, she's like, I hope Gray Malkin will. Yeah. <laughs> He'll take care of it. But as she brushes her hair, Jerry says that she needs to take better care of herself and the house. He's embarrassed to have people over. He sounds like a real winner. Yeah. yeah. And now you're like, oh, I'm glad he fucking. Yeah. You know. I knew he had it coming. I told y'all at the beginning. He could have picked up the hot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, anybody could have done that. But Elaine puts witch's flying ointment on herself and Jerry's voice transforms to that of her father, played by David Winograd. Now, on the episode of The Witch, we learned that I don't know if it's accurate at all yeah yeah but which is flying oil and the ingredients are not so pizza right they're not well and also like i was like oh she's gonna fly later yeah, yeah. she doesn't fly, no. <laughs> fly yeah fly, shit sign me up yeah because her ointment looked a little better than from the in all fairness yeah, yeah. <laughs> looked like raspberry yeah. jam <laughs> i would hope that i mean i would love to see some like 60s era wire work i was yeah. gonna say wires i would have yeah. loved it no but almost like theatrical yeah you're not getting it here no 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 but Elaine's father at first calls her crazy and says that if she's not crazy, then she's stupid. These are great choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one do I pick? Yeah. Thanks so much, Dad. But he also says that she could stand to lose some weight. As she lies in bed, caressing herself and moaning, Jerry's voice compliments how great her body is and asks if she's lost weight. She relives a sexual encounter with Jerry. Then her mind goes back to Gayen as she continues to breathe heavily. Gayen, in a vision, wearing a devil's mask, says he would never hurt her. He's not the big bad wolf. He says that she needs perfect love and perfect trust. We flash back to the ritual that we saw earlier with the crowd of cloaked and uncloaked people. As an organ plays, Barbara removes Elaine's clothes and she kneels in front of Gayen. They tie her ankles and blindfold her. After confirming that she has perfect love and perfect trust, she's placed on the altar. Gayen says, in the old days, a woman herself was the altar, and the sacred place was the center of her, the origin of all things. We know where this is going. Mm -hmm. But Gayen says, therefore, we should adore it. A naked man stabs a dagger into a chalice held by a naked woman. Symbolism, people. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is when Gayen climbs on top of Elaine and holds her arms. In the present day, Elaine lies in bed, attempting to catch her breath. At this point, I was like, see, we already knew Gayen was a piece of shit. Yeah, no, for sure. But okay, so uh, again, I'm confused. Yeah. Is she masturbating? I thought so. I think okay. partially, but yes. how so are, uh, it's all so tied to her own personal sexuality, not putting on a show for a man or right, doing right, her right. strip tease or any sex magic or whatever. This is her alone. Mm -hmm. Her sexual experience is tied to all these negative, negative messaging from her father, like her ex-husband yeah. from her ex-husband. I the thought abuse the from predatory Gayen. fucking behavior from Gayen. Mm -hmm. Is this what she thinks is pleasurable or is love or any of the above? I think the idea of love has been corrupted by these men okay for her right i mean clearly and it's all intertwined in something that doesn't really resemble actual love right i was just confused because i was like i know you're doing your thing but really it's gonna take you out of the mood i don't know but I'm it not. didn't i mean no, I yeah, that's, that's the not. issue here no yeah. i know but that's why i was like yeah I don't. it's in it's i think that's the thing is that conflating all that and her reaction to it yeah, yeah. you 
can't help but feel sorry for her life experience. You're severely um, mis- misguided right. or you've been misled mm-hmm. to believe that these things go hand in hand because they should not. Yeah. But you- they are. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so my, my satire. Yeah. satire. <laughs> my question is uh, Gayan's attitude and behavior and everything. When did he have time to write all those Buffy episodes? <laughs> He's a busy man. God damn. But I, I think like not to call him out or anything, but I feel like his kind of character right. is a commentary on the guys of kind of like the Joss Whedon feminists yeah. who under the guise of empowerment and inclusion, right. you know, it's like, right ladies. Now let me, yeah. you know, I mean, this guy's yeah. a real jerk, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. And just in case people are litigious or whatever, allegedly, 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 allegedly. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You got to end it with allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yes. Oh, we're, we're trying to run a business here, right. <laughs> <laughs> but at the police station, Griff, remember him? Yeah, I was like, I knew I'd be seeing yeah. your house again, dude. <laughs> he is congratulated for making Sergeant by Connie, a police officer played by Alicia Honore. Okay, first of all, she got that uniform at Spirit Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, I love that the scene opens with her congratulating him because he was just pulling people over. Like, yeah. two years ago, that's, I was like, how much time has passed? <laughs> I thought the same shit. I was like, there's no way, dude. <laughs> I, did he get back from the station and his boss is like, come here. It feels, yeah. like, it feels yeah. like just yesterday. <laughs> But Connie says that she's made the coffee just the way he likes it, and he goes in for a cup after she hits on him pretty transparently. Yeah. yeah. Steve, played by Randy Evans, says the cup is too strong for him. <laughs> but Griff's like, I like strong coffee. I'm a man, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> men need to be alert. I was like, dude, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they both check out Connie as she walks by, and he jokes that he's been keeping late nights lately classy yeah aren't you a sergeant now this is wildly inappropriate gonna end up in hr yeah (laughs) steve tells him that he should settle down now that he's been promoted but griff is not down for that at all they head into his office and as soon as they sit down connie brings in shelly the woman who was at the park with wayne earlier i knew this bitch was coming back (laughs) you left a witness yes a nondescript amount of days earlier (laughs) yes (laughs) but shelly has a seat sharing suspicions that wayne has been kidnapped He's been missing, oh, well, for two weeks, I guess. There's oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I forgot I wrote that. But she says that she's been to his house and mail is piled up, so she he hasn't been home. They actually were having lunch that day that he disappeared, and she mentions that she saw him drive away with a strange woman. But she gives him their first lead. Wayne has a cabin in the woods where he normally takes his dates. Wayne has a mansion in the woods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's be clear. Words matter. <laughs> Cut to the police arriving at Wayne's cabin. Griff and Steve just let themselves inside along with Shelly. They find Elaine's blood-stained blanket on the couch. Elaine. Not, yeah. You didn't even take that blanket with no. you. And they also find Peter's rotten, bug-filled breakfast from the morning after. They're like, damn, bitch, you live like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's I was bad. thinking. Like, it gets even worse. Well, first of all, Steve was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's shit. Bad. But I mean, you got to think this has been here for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. That egg is black. And, like, it's, it's awful. <laughs> 
But Griff finds the jar of leftover urine that Elaine left behind in the kitchen, and he's disgusted at the smell of it. I'm like, it's piss, dude. What is yeah. yeah, I just love the fact that she's just like, well, gotta go. Like, she did this whole ritual. Yeah. Yeah. She left the food out. She left the blanket with the blood on it. She left her pee on the counter. Uh-huh. She's like, D- we can't clean and make it look like we were never here. Oh, no. Yeah, like, no, I no. mean, just the. She was the, asking to be found yes, out. Yes. Yeah. The utter disregard for it. They're like, they're, nobody's ever gonna yeah. come here. <laughs> <laughs> and it worries me because it, I wonder what happened with Jerry, like how she left that. Yeah. Like she well, just left a bottle of poison out her. Yeah. <laughs> like, she did say they were questioning her for weeks. I'm that sure is true. They, yeah. I'm sure they were. Like, well, you left a note saying you were going to kill. <laughs> <laughs> but outside, they discover Wayne's gravesite. Steve picks up the bottle that Elaine made, asking what the hell it is. Griff says they're going to have to dig up the grave, and Shelly openly weeps. Steve escorts her back to the house and Griff grabs a shovel and starts shoveling. <laughs> like, yeah. Shelly, you should probably go back inside. Yeah. You're being a real fucking bummer right now. Um, <laughs> I know that it, you don't use tampons, but if you saw a used tampon, wouldn't you know what that was? Of course. Well, yeah. Because they're like, what? what? what's this? I think it's kind of, again, kind of making men just look dumb. Yeah. Right. But like, I think God, the, damn. the other thing that gets me is I, I imagine... His, him saying what's this if he's meaning all of it together right well the way he was turning the bottle it may i felt i took it as him looking at what was inside well yeah but i mean after what we found in the like, kitchen what the fuck is like, this? <laughs> <laughs> damn someone pissing here <laughs> i mean like, what the fuck is this i would be so confused as to why it was this right like i, I would i would see that and be like somebody was doing some ritual well, yeah. yeah yeah but they're like <laughs> I, I don't know. Shelly's like, well, first of all, it's a jar. Yeah. <laughs> so drop that down. <laughs> but I wanted to call out the very cool edit because Griff shovels into the ground. And at the same time, we watch Richard stab his fork into a bite of chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. The editing was great, but yeah. I'm already upset. Yeah. Yes, because sat beside Richard is Elaine. And Richard compliments her on her baking skills and said that she also made a great dinner. Yeah. So this meal is a million times worse than a fucking lemon square. Let me <laughs> just say that right now. Well, thank you. Not we, to belittle the lemon square. Can we? Lemon right. square was trifling. I no, let, no, she's not. So I think I speak for all of us when we're letting Deputy Judy off the hook. You do yeah. not speak for me. From Scream 4. <laughs> <laughs> that lemon square was bullshit. This is just bigger bullshit. And I am like, where the fuck are they? So I, I'm looking at the walls and they're her paintings. Yeah. You, why the fuck are you in this woman's apartment? It yeah well that's that's my uh only note for that that you've got no business no reason to be here you do not know her even if her and your wife are friends which Uh they weren't even friends no they had two conversations (laughs) one of which did not go well no why the fuck are you here why are you here you don't have no business if my friend's out of town and i'm like oh i know her husband's not gonna eat or whatever i'll she just comes home and finds it's, this like dried I mean, out corpse here i made a casserole for right. you to give him so that you know you don't have That's to worry about him say. while you're gone you go give this to your husband i'm not this is so wildly fucking inappropriate 
inappropriate. Oh, yeah. And this is if we're very close and we're good friends. Right. Y'all right. are not close. No, and they're not, not good friends. So I'm I'm mad already. Nothing has happened yet. And I get angrier. <laughs> I was mad enough about this because the one thing that Trish talked about with any level of joy right. was the fact that she was engaged to Richard. Yeah. Who I think she called her Prince Charming. Yeah. Right. I, I like that I said I'd make them a casserole. I've no. never made a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I know what you mean. But you know what I, I know mean. What you mean. Yeah. If you're really a great friend and you want to go that above and beyond for your girlfriend that right, has right. shit to do and has to be out of town, mm-hmm. that's how you do it. You're not like, hey, come over and eat some fucking chocolate cake. We know what the chocolate cake means. Right. Yeah. Okay. And nobody has never well, like, not mean, associated <laughs> sex with chocolate <laughs> cake. <laughs> I mean, if if we're having dinner and you're like, hey, so-and-so's going out of town. Do you mind if her old man comes over? That's completely you know, different. You know yes. he, you know, you you know, know he's going to order a pizza whatever, or he's yeah, not going to yeah, eat whatever, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that is completely but, different and innocent. Th- but and what's going on here? We've is, established a relationship where that is appropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. That is not... Nuh-uh. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I was just real pissed off. No, it's it's honestly, I can't even imagine her doing a shittier thing to yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> or him. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, they're both trash for even well, eating this meal together. I, what makes it worse for me was that, that, like, if she showed up at his place and was like, hey, check it out, I brought dinner. Yeah. I could see him maybe being like, look, I don't want to be rude or whatever. Leave it here. And then you got to go. Yeah, no, uh-huh. you, but you, you got in went, your car. Yeah. You yeah. went to her place. Nope. Mm-mm. went inside and got comfortable. Yeah. It's like, you're too comfortable to be doing this. Now I do have a theory. Right. Because she thanks him and says that she hopes that he doesn't mind that she called. She was just lonely. Right. Now I look too no, no. fucking bad. I know, but I, you got to keep in mind, she's doing love magic. I know, but- She could have called him on the phone and he's just in a trance. We don't know. I get, I don't, you better snap no, the fuck out of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll give you that until he says what he says next. That is true. I like to think that it's also <laughs> including sodium pentothal <laughs> in, in the cake. Because <laughs> he says some shit that's out of pocket. Yeah. <laughs> But Richard says that he gets lonely too when Trish is away. Elaine lights up a smoke and finds out that Richard and Trish have been married for 10 years. I thought they were just engaged. Yeah. Yeah, it's not clear. I kept calling him her husband and then I was like, well, are they husband and wife? And then, no, I guess they are. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Did I just assume it was an engagement ring? Because I don't know anything about rings. Is it? Did she say my husband, Richard? Because I thought she said her fiance. She, yeah. I don't remember. At the beginning, right? Yeah. I don't remember. There's been so much fuckery going on. <laughs> you literally can't remember. Your brain is warped from, yeah. the, cho- from the chocolate cake. I'm so angry right now. But Elaine immediately makes it about herself, saying nobody has ever loved her the way that he loves Trish. Not even her ex-husband. Okay. <laughs> You've lost all sympathy. No, fuck you, dude. They move from the dinner table to the couch and Richard takes his jacket off. Okay. There is a fire burning. Yes. You better sit there and fucking sweat. You're not taking off a jacket, not a tie, not a fucking shoe. You, this is such a slippery slope. You take a shoe off, you're naked in five minutes. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I I don't know how most people get undressed or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> first of all can we talk about how five minutes is a very long time <laughs> to get undressed it doesn't sound like a lot yeah but when you start a clock or something that's that's a decent amount yeah <laughs> it's a decent amount of time 
Keep your fucking clothes on. Is the point. In another woman's house. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's my point. Fair point. When he took his jacket off, I'm like, oh, they're yeah, fucking. Oh, no, like, no. that's we it. Go. Yeah. But Richard says that he thinks Trish would like to get away from him sometimes. And Elaine sympathizes with a poor baby. She pours him a glass of nondescript liquid into a comically large glass. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know she said men were childish, but it looks like a, like a fucking silly yeah. <laughs> situation for him. But he drinks. No questions asked. She then asks what turns him on. And after thinking about it for a moment, he says flying, feeling in control of things above the world. This is when I'm like, good thing she put on that flying ointment because she's about to take him yeah. around like fucking, yeah. I can show you the world. <laughs> That's what I'm expecting. On that uh, six month rug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they, I, they don't. They never know. No. Maybe they were like, hey, uh, Anna, we did not get the wires <laughs> in. God like, damn fuck. it. All right, I guess well, we'll we just... already filmed the scene with yeah, the ointment. The ointment. Just yeah. leave it in. Well, the chocolate cake is enough, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> But he says that he sometimes thinks about his life and wonders how he got here. So many things that he hasn't done. He's never had a love affair or gotten into any mischief. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) He talks about old movies and how he'd love to rob a bank with a girl on his arm or how in Westerns they'd shoot up a town and then frequent a brothel. Elaine says that's very sweet. I don't think so. It's like, I'd love to fucking kill a bank teller. (laughs) I want to get money and fuck bitches. Aww. That's sweet. Such a kind heart. Well, shut the fuck up. You're not even listening to what he's saying. Like, this is so annoying. But he says that Trish rolls her eyes when he talks like this. She says it's because Trish doesn't understand him, but she does. She puts on some music and stands in front of the fireplace and performs a very awkwardly seductive striptease for him. Was the music she put on by Lurleen Lumpkin? <laughs> <laughs> that's the vibe. No, that's very Your fair. wife don't understand you, but I do. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh-huh. But when she starts taking her clothes off, he is loving it. Eventually, he grabs at her, kissing her body as the music explodes. He throws her onto the couch and gleefully asks, who are you and what have you done to me? She says she's the love witch and she's his ultimate fantasy. Richard agrees. Yeah, no, Richard's down. I just, (laughs) I feel like, wouldn't you, I don't know. And y'all are just going to be like, well, he was under a spell or whatever. But if somebody, if this woman calls you and she's like, oh, I'm lonely. And I know that your wife's gone and you're lonely too. Do you want to come over for dinner? Mm -hmm. Even it's sounding innocuous and innocent. Right. You show up. There's chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, fuck. We keep going back. There's wine. We have candles. There's a fireplace going. There's titties on the walls. Mm-hmm. Aren't you like... Well, I'm- well there are paintings of titties. <laughs> <laughs> there is, it's, not, it's not that kind of party. There's not actual titties No, on the that would be fucked but, up. But I mean, it's not Ed Gein's house. But no. I'm, I'm just like, wouldn't you be like, okay, I see... She's she's obviously trying to hook it up. Like, yeah. wouldn't you immediately well, yeah. see that? Or Trish Trish is testing me. Even if you're not a good person, like, wouldn't you? Uh huh. Even she's, if you're, she's not, hiding in the bedroom with a closed yeah, circuit TV. Yeah, no. Oh, you thought I was you a, a bitch. <laughs> I t- I'm just like, aren't you fucking? Are me- and I guess this goes back to the men are stupid, whatever. But uh-huh. like, this right. is just so unbelievably ridiculous. I want to point out that at this moment, I realize dudes out here in California getting his back scratched to oblivion. 
<laughs> and <laughs> I'm just thinking about Trish in Dallas. Like, so this is a linen couch. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> it's sad. It's the worst it's thing. Not fair. <laughs> She's going for work. <laughs> it's so messed up. It's so messed up. He was under a spell. <laughs> sure. Okay. I, I will think that's the only thing that makes sense to me, especially the reaction we see right. later on is that he is under her spell. Okay, but he didn't drink it yet. Henceforth, okay. Yeah, but we've seen what she does with the eye thing. I know, she's hot. Any woman can no, do that. No, but wait, but she no, drank a potion herself not, yeah. that made her attractive to men more. Yeah, well, yeah I guess. But they're not, they don't fully go cuckoo flying bananas until, the flying <laughs> yeah. until they drink the spell. That's what sets it over the edge. Well, so yeah, maybe he's in lust or infatuated or something, but I have to believe that well, he still has some faculties the ointment was his thing uh-huh dude liked to have fun obviously and party he drank the drink so he was all- okay i guess that makes some type of sense but she should have flown i think <laughs> <laughs> that's where you're drawn but-, <laughs> <laughs> but back at the police station griff tells steve he's gonna head out and speak to professor king to make sense of the bottle they found He also shares that according to the toxicology report, Wayne died of heart failure, but they also found devil's weed, a toxic hallucinogenic. Not devil's weed. I know. Steve offers to come with, but instead just gets Griff's lunch order. Yeah. Yeah. And and like he went into detail on the sandwich. He did. And again, just like with the flying ointment, I was waiting like (laughs) the turkey's a little dry. Like I was waiting for more to come with the sandwich. We never see it. No. It just made me laugh. He's like, uh, no crusts. And uh, (laughs) coleslaw. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Because he was like, mustard, mayonnaise. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to fuck it up. He's going to eat today. (laughs) (laughs) Got avocados on there. Yeah. He made sorry. Shit. <laughs> That's how he's like, well, I can afford the avocado. <laughs> but Griff meets with Professor King, played by Clive Ashbourne. Griff shows King the bottle, and after taking a whiff, immediately determines it is, in fact, a witch bottle. He's like, oh, yeah, that's pissed. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, someone pissed in here. (laughs) Is that what you wanted me for? You could ask anybody. (laughs) But he explains the historical significance of witch bottles and says that this may come as a shock, but it's very likely a witch made it. I laughed out loud because (laughs) he's like, a witch bottle? Could it have been made by a witch? No shit. I never would have thought that. (laughs) They promoted your ass? (laughs) (laughs) But he basically says that it's used as a form of protection against like the evil curses, et cetera. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of sweet. She was doing something nice. Like the burial rites of her religion. Right. Mm -hmm. I also thought it was interesting because it doesn't come up, but I wanted to say this before we go on. Professor King, I'm assuming, is working at the same university that Wayne was. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Okay. But he never really says anything yeah, about yeah. missing hey, you a know colleague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's odd to me. This is the worst detective work I've ever seen. Yeah. It's really bad. But King says that witchcraft has expanded into the cities and witches have various rituals, including Samhain and Imal, among others. He shows him an old drawing of witches kissing the devil's ass. 
listen. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to be kissing on the devil's booty, that's their business. Yeah. I don't understand what that has to do the, with the you. devil's. Like I didn't. I didn't say stop. <laughs> <laughs> we are all consenting here. But he says that they do this to mock Christians. And another picture he shows has a cult sacrificing a child. I preferred it when they were kissing the devil's yeah, can ass. We go back to <laughs> so them kissing the devil's ass is a mockery of Christianity. I guess, I Christians guess. are like, God damn yeah. They're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I got my group wrong. But Griff is totally incredulous. But King says that this continues to this day. He says the ones who do sacrifices are black witches. Their counterpart, the white witches, forbid harm to others. He says every major city has an amalgam of black and white witches who practice ancient rites. Mm-hmm. This is where I see this is where I'm saying is where I was a little confused hmm. because she's obviously she knows she's harming these men. She has to. Yeah. Well, so, I uh, mean, and just the callousness of fucking pussy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even care. No. no, it just means she's like, I didn't expect you to love me. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it's like, I thought, so it was I what thought you, you know, you're talking about love and nature and all this. I thought you were forbidden from harming people. You know you're doing this. And you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like it must be the disconnect between like black magic and white magic. Right. And I think that maybe she thinks she's doing white magic. Right, right. But she's not. She's not. Yeah. But we then cut to a shot of a full moon in the sky. I love it. Of course. And are werewolves coming now? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're do- we're bringing everything in. It's like, it took me seven years to make it. We're fucking going crazy. <laughs> but underneath the full moon, Barbara and Gayan prepare for a ritual. Gayan kisses her from foot to head as Elaine watches. We pull back to find an entire coven of witches naked and kneeling around a circle of stones with a cauldron burning at the center. I The sights of this, it's fantastic. Right. Yeah, it is. And one thing that's interesting, they do talk about in, in interviews and everything, they don't treat nudity as sexual. Right. No. And I think that that's kind of interesting right? because it's a natural body. Yeah. It is. And so I like that they're presenting... and. There's men and women naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an entire group of people. Nothing wrong with it. No. Did you see the owl in the tree watching them? It looked like he was snacking on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The clearly stock footage owl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Gayan calls upon the mighty mother to descend upon Barbara's body. He implores the witches to listen as Barbara takes on the ancient role. She says all acts of love and pleasure are her rituals. And we flash back to Elaine in bed with Wayne. Barbara says that she is with you from the beginning and is attained at the end of desire. And we watch Elaine with the burial rites. Mm-hmm. Gayan chants in a foreign language, ending in a hurrah from the group. The coven rises and holds hands, chanting around the cauldron in a circle. Now, I did read that most of these actors that are playing witches right. are actual witches. Oh, oh cool. nice. And I read that on a biller kind of got their input on a lot of these rituals. That's very oh, cool. Nice. Thought that was really neat. And what was the, what were they doing here? What is this for? This I am not completely sure. That see that I I would have liked a little because I was like okay, this is cool what's happening. Yeah. Why why are y'all doing this? It seemed like something for Barbara, but like I know, but uh, the fact that Elaine what? wasn't even taking part in it, no. I yeah. thought was strange. She was just observing. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know cuz I'm like he had just talked about Samhain and Imalg. Right. I don't think this is either of them, although it's being performed on a full moon night. Right, yeah. Right. So I'm like, something significant's I, happening. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. But I do not know. 
But afterward, with some jazzy music, the group enjoys refreshments together, chatting and roaming about like a regular party. I did laugh because it cuts to a very close-up shot of Elaine eating a cookie. Yeah. yeah. And she is <laughs> fucking into it. And I was just laughing because they were like, now it's party time. Yeah. Remember the stone cutters? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get drunk and play ping Exactly. <laughs> But Gayen catches up with Elaine, saying that she looks a bit tense. Elaine says it's nothing out of the ordinary for her, but Gayen tells her to relax. Nothing is dire for her, although the same can't be said for her victims. Elaine gets defensive, but Gayen tells her not to play innocent as he slinks up from behind, groping at her breast. She pulls away, and we see Barbara smirk. He's such a fucking yeah. creep. I just hate him so much. It's it's awful. And the thing is, I don't know if it's strange editing here because I think Barbara was reacting to a conversation she was having. Yeah. But the way but they it cut it. But it looks like, yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, groper. Exactly. Like, I don't, it's like, what the fuck? It looks like she's cool with it. Yeah. yeah. But then Elaine goes up and talks to Barbara and she seems like she didn't even notice what was going right. on. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I don't get it. But Elaine shares the news to Barbara that she broke it off with Richard. She says after a while, he became super obsessive and his aura was all murky. She says he didn't even want to make love anymore and became like a woman crying over everything. Like a woman grows. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. It's shit like this. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Now, she says that there was no polarity in the relationship, but she should have known because he's a Pisces. Again, I don't know what the yeah. fuck. I was like, you a pipe? No, like, just I, <laughs> I mean, someone to explain this to me. But again, like she is intentionally calling upon and reinforcing these weird gender stereotypes. Yeah. Yep. So I think that the continuance of this has to be intentional, right? In a way that we're supposed to look at it and be like, God, I can't believe she fucking said that. Yeah, I hope so, because that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your notes. I can see it. <laughs> But in his apartment, amongst tarot cards and various love letters written to Elaine, a disheveled Richard pours himself a drink. I was like, damn, she's got him reading tarot yeah. cards. Yeah. He's like, I'm like, I heard she likes this. <laughs> <laughs> but Trish walks in and he stashes the notes with the quickness. Well, yeah, it was love letters with yeah. another woman's name on them, just in plain sight yeah. on his desk. So I thought you were in Dallas. Yeah. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought you moved to Dallas. <laughs> Not what she said or whatever. You were t- you were telling everyone goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's annoyed that she's interrupted him, but she just wanted to tell him that she's going to bed. Drinking even more, he says he won't be joining her. As soon as she leaves, he bursts into tears loudly. Trish watches from the staircase. But just lets him sob. I laughed because he didn't even wait. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> she wasn't even well, out of sight. No. He was like shoving the mouth of that bottle all the way in his mouth. I oh, yeah. It's an interesting way to drink he's, that. He's hurting. Okay. Yeah. He's gonna ch- I'm just going to chug this shit yeah. out. <laughs> I'm just going to chip a tooth. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I, yeah. I was like, oh, no. God damn. And she just goes to bed. Like, goes yeah. to bed. Like, that's, that's normal right. Richard He'll behavior. Yeah. Uh-huh. This dude was fucking like ugly crying yes i i did laugh again because he is loudly weeping and imagining himself holding elaine's shaking ass yeah (laughs) it wasn't even like (laughs) a sweeter moment no he's like that was great that bitch can twerk he's like god damn it i laugh he he imagines elaine in bed and her eyes are peering at him and it makes me laugh because we see him through these visions right. just losing it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like he's he going through is it. a mess. Yeah. But he then imagines Elaine walking through flames and his cries just grow louder. And I was like, oh, burn the witch. Yeah. Mm. 
But the next day, Griff arrives at Moonrise Herbs and heads inside. He introduces himself to Wendy, showing his badge, and then immediately gets down to business. He shows her the witch bottle and asks if it looks familiar, and Wendy recognizes it as a witch bottle, but says she has no idea who could have made it. When asked, she shows him a witch bottle that they currently have in stock, and she says that she never sold them until a girl started supplying the store with them. A girl, you say? Griff's like, who's this girl? Could it have been a witch? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Wendy, who apparently does not know the rules, is like, oh, her name's Elaine Parks. (laughs) <laughs> no honor amongst no. witches. I was like, geez. Like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Gave her ass up real yeah. quick. I thought she was just going to say Elaine, but she's like, Elaine Parks. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, just going to make it easier. He's like, and her social is. <laughs> like, fuck. But we cross dissolve to Elaine in her apartment, working fastidiously with an array of beakers and vials. They're very colorful and bubbling and smoking, but it looks like a science experiment. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is she making potions or blue meth? <laughs> I was confused. Crystal blue persuasion. <laughs> but Elaine is interrupted by a knock on her door. It's Griff. He tells her that he has some questions about a potential homicide and thinks that she'd be able to help. She reluctantly invites him inside and they don't seem to recognize each other. No. But Griff tells her that a man named Wayne Peters was killed and she claims not to know him. She's like, I never fucked Wayne. I never yeah. fucked Drake. <laughs> it's like, I never asked yeah. that. <laughs> she didn't even look at the nope, picture. No, I think you got to at least pretend to look uh, at the picture. And that's be like, the thing. Actually, no. He shows her that picture and she's like, can't help you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> tries to walk away in her own apartment, which didn't is very really funny. Th- yeah, I think that was going to work, right? <laughs> no, but he stops her and he pulls out the witch bottle from Moonrise Herbs. He asks her if she's ever seen anything like it before, and she admits it's a magic bottle and that she made it. He then asks if she's ever seen one containing urine, and she's like, urine? Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) But he then shows her the bottle that they found on Wayne's grave, the used tampon still inside. I was proud of him for knowing that it was a used tampon inside. Yes. Yeah. I was like, that that's growth. <laughs> and character development. You know, honestly, it could be a matter of showing that Elaine isn't right about everything. Yeah. Right. Because she had said when she was making it, most men don't even know what this is. Yeah. And he's like, this is a used tampon. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Like, yeah. I, I, didn't, I hadn't counted on that. But it made me laugh because she immediately excuses herself to go check on her science project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is belching a beautiful purple smoke. Yeah. But Griff follows her over and asks flat out if she's a witch. Elaine says that she is, but that's not against the law. She asks if he thinks that just because she's a witch that she would be capable of murder, and he says no. She then asks if he knows what it's like to really suffer, fighting and fighting until you're unable to go on. She says witchcraft is her religion, which is older than Christianity, and witchcraft saved her life. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Again, this part, I'm like, good. Yeah. But she turns away and he walks over to her apologizing. She turns toward him and says, that's all right, Sergeant Meadows, her eyes locking with his. He immediately softens and tells her that she can call him Griff. He's lost. Yes. Yeah. No, I was like, not Griff. That's yeah. it. She vaguely remembers him, but she can't place it. He feels the same way and then it hits her. He's the man in the cards. He's her fate. She says she did a Celtic cross reading and for her future card, she got the Knight of Wands, a card she's always thought signified the meeting of her future husband. But one condition, the man she loves has to love animals. I thought he had to love nature. Yeah, yeah. what happened? <laughs> She's like, well, I had this really good cat. Yeah. <laughs> but as it turns out, Griff does love animals. Not only that, 
but he has a friend who has a couple of horses that he is very fond of. In fact, he's off this weekend, and he asks if Elaine likes to ride. You forgot I'm a murder suspect yeah, real what quick. What the fuck's happening, like, man? I looked in your <laughs> eyes for two seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we cut to the two of them riding horses together, eventually stepping off and feeding the horses before hitching them. He calls Elaine his girl, then says, at least for today you are. Yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he's like, there's no one around here to tell me that you're not. It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, well, she, yeah. Said, she said she is. And he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that I'm a human with autonomy. Yeah. But, you know, no, whatever. He never considered that. The two kiss, but that kiss is interrupted when they hear the sound of music playing in the distance. They walk off together to investigate, stumbling upon a renaissance fair. I would be so excited. Yeah, it's the naked people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Various people and jesters drink, laugh, and dance together. I bro- I don't mean to imply that jesters aren't people. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wrote that weird. <laughs> and fucking jesters. <laughs> but after a couple dancers leave the stage, Gayan and Barbara, dressed in yellow robes and crowns, ascended. I was like, it's her people? Yeah. yeah. Was this arranged? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I was very confused up until they rocked up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, just like a casual Ren fair happening yeah. and they stumble upon it. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But I don't think that's happening. <laughs> but Gayan says it's the summer solstice and he stages a mock battle between two men for the love of a maiden. The audience chuckles as the Holly King, played by Jacob Peacock, slays the Oak King, played by Ron Kari. Barbara names him the victor, and he joyfully leaves the stage with the Green Maiden. Gayan and Barbara descend the stage and notice Elaine calling out to her. Griff asks if she knows them, and she says, in a way. That's not an answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, that's not, not an answer. In full Renaissance jargon, Barbara welcomes them to their gathering. Rather than presenting themselves as witches, Gayan presents themselves as Renaissance players, saying that they're celebrating Midsummer and asks if they'll join them. Elaine is eager and totally game, with a massive smile, but Griff slowly eases into the idea, kissing her. A crowd gathers in awe of their love, and a jester, played by... <laughs> sorry, he's, he's a person. Yeah. A jester? <laughs> a jester, played by Christopher Lacrin, says that this calls for a wedding. Griff's like, a wedding? Yeah. <laughs> the jester's like, a mock wedding guy? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Just trying to honor the gods of love. He's like, I have no official well, anything. <laughs> still, though, moving a little fast. It huh? is. Yeah, we met yesterday, yeah. but, you know, cool. <laughs> the jester's not ordained or anything. <laughs> <laughs> How could he be? He's a jester. He's, yeah, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but the crowd applauds, and a troubadour, played by Neil Gillen, and Lady Love, played by Amy Seagal, immediately break into song. They sing about love being magical. And yes, this song is written by Anna Biller. No way. Uh, didn't rhyme very much. Not so much. <laughs> they were tearing it up, though. They yeah. were. And then it felt like it was going to end a few times. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's, no, there's no, multiple no, no. verses oh, sorry. to this. She's like, seven years. I need all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they say this in wrestling, like when people do all their good moves, they're getting all their shit in. Well. <laughs> I think <laughs> Biller's like, I'm getting all my yeah. shit in. And I will admit, at this point, this is a lot. Yeah? Yeah. And I don't want to say that the second half of the film isn't as good as the first half of the film, but I feel like at points like this, especially with how long the song goes on, it starts to drag a little bit. 
my next note is so we're just committing to this bit now oh yeah and i was like fuck well because it feels like it's gonna be some fleeting like right but it's like no we're f- oh we're just at the ring yeah now. yeah like, yeah is this, this is the rest just- of the film <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> But the song ends on a dark note. When all love dies, all life it does destroy. But everyone just claps and giggles as if the ending was upbeat. Right. Uh, the, the real quick, the music. Yeah. If they're really playing those fucking instruments, they're getting it. Oh no, they were tearing oh, yeah. it up. Yeah. See, and it felt That's legitimately yeah. like Renaissance. I was like, damn, these motherfuckers are getting it. <laughs> they were. <laughs> But they rush Elaine and Griff to separate tents, quickly undressing them and putting white Renaissance garments on each of them, each complete with a crown. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. the whimsy. It, it made me laugh. I, I would think that Griff would be like, don't fucking touch me. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> he's just laughing he along with it. Cool. Yeah. Which is pretty cool of him. <laughs> Get your fucking hands on <laughs> yeah. I love that there's been there's been no cursing in this film, but I thought he was going <laughs> to yeah. lose his shit. But they stand together on stage, Barbara tying their arms together with blue rope, and people place rings on their fingers. Barbara unties them, and Gayan pronounces them wed. They share a kiss and walk to a table together to share a wedding feast. They laugh, feeding each other, but we get their inner thoughts in voiceovers. That, okay. Because I, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm the food, I see the food, I'm here for the bit now. We can go <laughs> yeah. back. Is that a turkey <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting on them to put him in a bear. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is some bullshit. Yeah. I, I laughed immediately because it's the connection of their smiling faces, right. <laughs> laughing and chuckling, feeding each other food. And Griff in monologue, he goes, yeah, I'm not in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't get like, do not, yeah. I know I just got fake married and everything, but, <laughs> but nah. no, that's not me. He says that love is soft <laughs> and it's basically dangerous in his business. Right. Yeah, he does want an heir someday, and that means a wife, but like love can destroy you almost like you're not even a man anymore. He's like, yeah, I'll knock her up, but like I'm not gonna like give a right shit about that's her. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine, on the other hand, says nothing else matters but love. You learn to love all the quirks of your man and they become your entire life. Something inside you opens up and you realize you have more love to give than you ever thought was possible. The more you know him, the more you love him. Then Griff immediately breaks in. The more you love a woman, the less you feel about her. Yeah. I was like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, Jesus Christ is just like, like... That's the opposite, dude. What just the- say you hate women, bro. Yeah. That's the only vibe that's that I'm getting. All that's coming out. But he didn't drink anything, right? Uh, No. So no. this oh, is what yeah. she's just like bewitched him with her, you know, what her eyes or whatever. But, uh-huh. but he didn't drink anything. So no. he's still just right. like, women suck. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. It's like he's fucking like, again, Elaine's yeah. got cooties. Yeah. And it's funny because both of their like monologues are problematic. They are. Yeah. Yeah. But Griff goes on. He says, in time, the mystery is broken. And the more flaws you notice, the less you care. You begin to feel smothered, drowning in estrogen. It's an awful feeling. Um, so which one of us is going to marry him first? Uh, I feel like these kids are going <laughs> to make it at the very least. <laughs> I My thing is that, you know, I'm into the colors and feel of the Renaissance bit, right. but it, it goes on. Yeah. It really goes on. I feel like, I think you had said it earlier that uh, they could lose about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hard agree. Like yeah. this... It's so beautiful to look at, but it's not so beautiful that you're like, oh, wow, the time just flew by. Yeah, like, no. There's moments where it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my Get God. Well, my thing is, I thought they were, again, like you said, I thought they were done singing and then there's another chorus. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yes, love is a magical thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I understand. I appreciate <laughs> they're that. Just yeah. free, they're just freestyling <laughs> rap yeah. battling. Wow. It's Seriously. Like, okay. And uh, I mean, the thing for me is that I know that this scene is important. Right. But it could be shortened a little. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> The interesting thing that I read is that Anna Biller said that the film started here with these monologues and she built the entire film around these monologues. I kind of love that. Yeah. Because like just that like little ounce of an idea, a woman's all about love and a man fucking hates women and yeah. man love. <laughs> it's like to build all of this around it. That's right. pretty, pretty amazing. Doesn't she, make it less problematic. No. But it is pretty amazing. She also said in an interview that she kind of coached Samantha Robinson to not really laugh or anything like that until this point. And you mm. kind of realize that she hasn't really, right. She chuckled a bit when she called herself the love witch, but she's been like, cutesy. Yeah, yeah. 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 But she's like full on into this. Yeah. Right. And that's like a different okay. side of her. Yeah. And so, I mean this for her, She's lit he's literally dressed like a fucking king. Yeah, yeah. This is supposedly, you know And they were just riding horses. Yeah. 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 It's kind of her perfect like the scenario. Her, exactly. Yeah. For her. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in love. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking funny. But sometime later at the police station, Connie asks Griff out to dinner, but she's politely turned down. As he pours a cup of coffee, Steve approaches him, saying he's got more info on that Elaine Parks girl. Griff tries to brush him off, telling him to just leave it on his desk. He also says that the captain is said to lay off the case. The town apparently has an understanding with the witches, and he doesn't like to mess with them. He's like, I got promoted. I'm the captain now. Leave yeah. her alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week. I've been. <laughs> I'm on the fast track. But Steve's like, even if they murder? Yeah. But Griff says that he and the captain are satisfied that Wayne's death was a heart attack and just storms off. Steve follows him to the office, just asking to show him what he found. He reads from his notes. Elaine used to run an organic beauty store with her husband, Jerry. Two years later, they divorced and she moved to San Francisco to dance at a burlesque club and got involved with a coven of witches. Griff just looks at the other paper and look like, wow, man. Yeah, the waitress really should have taken it back. <laughs> <laughs> Not listening at all. I, I no. want to know where he got all this information from. Yeah. Uh, great question. But Steve just clears the papers from in front of Griff and continues. The coven broke up after some members mysteriously died and police got involved. Shortly after that, Jerry, who was planning to remarry, died of a drug overdose. The police questioned Elaine, but didn't have enough evidence to do anything about it. Griff is like, well, you know, San Francisco's got a thorough police yeah. force. I trust them. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve's not having it. He says Elaine is dangerous and not just because she's a witch. Jerry died of a drug that he's never taken before. And where did Wayne get the devil's weed? Griff says the devil's weed came from Wayne's garden and tells Steve that he needs to back off. Steve asks if it's because he's satisfied with the evidence or because he's in love with Elaine. Griff tells Steve to get off his back and then delivers the most realistic looking punch <laughs> I think in cinema the, history. The funniest punch <laughs> in yeah. cinema history. He's like, you know I hate love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, this is too silly now. Yeah, it was well, like, it's is, gone well, kind of off the rails because his motivations in this scene, it feels like he is falling in love with her. Yeah. Oh yeah, but he's but fighting it. He just said before, I, I, I'm not in love. Yeah. <laughs> and later on, he's still not in love with yeah. her. Yeah. So I don't understand any, like, wouldn't he be like, oh yeah, uh, fucking lock her up, bake her away toys. Like, <laughs> well, I don't have to fucking deal with her anymore yeah. if you arrest her. He's like, I got what I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I'm just like, I, I don't just, know. It's really confusing to me because it feels like, is he, because we have hope right now. Yeah. Like, no. So he doesn't want to ruin 
you know, yeah. still no with reality. I'm, I, it is confusing. Yeah. But I laugh because Steve falls to the floor and Griff like shakes his hand like it fucking hurt. Yeah. And Gr- Steve goes, that was way out of line, Griff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what, him tapping your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> but Griff storms off, almost hitting the door frame on the way out. In the next scene, Trish pours herself a cup of coffee in her kitchen. After a moment, she heads upstairs to check on Richard. She hears the sound of running water in the bathroom and calls out to him. When he doesn't respond, she busts down the door and notices a small pool of blood collecting on the floor from the bathtub. She rips the curtain open to find Richard inside the tub, his wrists cut, dead by his own hand. He wrote it on the wall. I know, yes, like, yes. <laughs> and now it's terrible. Um, yeah, you're really... I know, sorry, that was <laughs> very how terrible it was. Uh, no, Richard, like, fuck him, dude. Like, I don't know. I Look, I She's think... She's completely, like, not even think- <laughs> thinking about him anymore. <laughs> I feel like this, he was driven. She basically killed him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look, if he hadn't drank the potion yet or whatever, right, right. but he did kind of interact with her enough to feel something right. from her spell. He's under a spell. I'm not, I'm not saying, saying he's blameless. That right. he deserved for her to do what she did to him. I'm just saying that he was on some lemon square bullshit <laughs> and maybe you just need to stay home. And stay in your own fucking if, house. If you're not in control of your own brain. Mm, I'm not convinced that he wasn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> but if, yeah, but if she's hypnotizing everybody with the luck, she did the same yeah. thing to him. She didn't hypnotize Griff. Well, because Griff doesn't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> right? You just heard him. Yeah, he said it twice. I, I did love that when Trish screams, we get this very era-specific zoom. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic work. But we then cut to a watery cherry sauce that appears blood-like being poured onto a cheesecake. So this is the second time that they've kind of equated something grim with something delicious, yeah. right? which I think is just a cool thing to do. But a fork stabs into the cheesecake and we see that we're back at the Victorian tea room at a table with Trish and Elaine. Trish thanks Elaine for meeting her, saying that she doesn't think she should be alone right now and that she blames herself for what happened. Elaine says that she was a good wife and she shouldn't blame herself. And Trish says that she tried, but Richard wanted a woman that she could never be. Elaine is fucking trifling. Yeah. yeah. No, it gets even worse because after Trish says that, Elaine eats a bit of her cake with a smile and shifty eyes. She's yeah. like, bitch, I tried to tell you. It's like, like, if I'm Trish, I'd be like, did you kill my fucking yeah, husband? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, that look is really, really suspicious. But she says she thinks that Elaine was right after all. Maybe you're supposed to give a man his fantasy. Elaine tells her to stop torturing herself, but Trish times it all around whenever she went to Dallas. That must have been when he started having the affair. Elaine's like, no, yeah, that's when it started. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can I can confirm. But she says that she hated Richard for it and says that if she ever found out who the woman was, she'd rip her to pieces. Again, Elaine is smiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't get it. But now she says that she should have helped Richard. She's kind of had a turnaround in her mind. But she changes the subject, asking about Elaine. Elaine, on the other hand, says that she's in love with a detective. He's everything a woman could ever want, and she knows that he's the one. She shows her the ring that they got at the Renaissance Fair, which she calls her magic ring. She says that he gave it to her. He yeah. did not give her that ring. That's a lie. Yeah. Think, <laughs> he did not. I think one of those jesters did it. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Oh, God. <laughs> but she says it's not an engagement ring. But she knows that he'll pop the question soon. She passes it over to Trish, who tries it on, remembering how she had shown Elaine her ring the last time they were here. 
She says that Elaine was jealous of her because she had someone, but now everything's reversed. She says life is funny that way. And Elaine's like, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna head out. Yeah. It's like, what no, the you hell? didn't need to do all that and then <laughs> no. just burn off. Fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Trish does not walk her out, though. And after Elaine's gone, she realizes that she's still wearing Elaine's ring and gives her a call on her cell phone. Yeah, this was a record scratch yeah. moment for me. I was like, hold on. Yeah. yeah. Hold the phone. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> hold the cell phone. <laughs> But I mean, the way that the film feels, it made me forgive the modern cars. But then when I see this, I'm like, oh, no, it's present day. So now you're like triply, quadruply fucking stupid for leaving all your bodily fluids in that fucking house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes you look even worse. Yeah. You're a terrible murderer. Yeah. Horrible. (laughs) You actually reminded me because I did see an interview with Anna Biller and she had said that Elaine didn't kill these men. Okay. She said that Richard died of suicide. Wayne died of heart failure and that Jerry, she didn't talk about Jerry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I we can't. We don't talk about Jerry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> My thing is like, I can't co-sign on that because she obviously killed these men. Yeah. She did. She said it had nothing to do with the potions or spells. I'm like, it had everything to do with Honestly, the potions yeah. and spells. This is what, yeah. girl, I don't know about you. Like, <laughs> I, I'm confused. I was very confused. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's clear. She's like a fucking serial killer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like that's like, kind of the whole premise right yeah. so i'm like maybe you misspoke in the interview yeah. i don't mean to tell you about your own film yeah no right. listen sit down yeah <laughs> i know you spent seven years on this and the rug looks great but, but she listen. killed them <laughs> <laughs> but trish on the phone says that she's gonna drop the ring off at elaine's apartment on her way home leaving a message on her answering machine or voicemail i guess because cell phones are a thing. yeah but we see trish arrive at the apartment letting herself inside Elaine just left a ton of candles burning. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking fire hazard. It yeah. <laughs> also, we don't know each other well enough for you to just be walking into my apartment. Well, right. she did decorate the place. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. I mean, I All right. But looking for a place to leave the ring, Trish finds Elaine's altar filled with a ton of explicit drawings and witchcraft materials. She also stumbles upon her murderous painting as well. Yeah. She then heads into her bedroom, leaving the ring on her vanity. She sits down for a moment trying on some of Elaine's lipstick and makeup. She completes the look by putting on one of Elaine's wigs, literally becoming the woman Richard wanted. Did she know that he wanted Elaine? I don't know. I think that she thinks that if she was more like Elaine, Richard might still be alive. Right. right. Which is really sad because it's not true. Yeah. yeah. That's incredibly sad. But I mean, I just, I guess I get it symbolically, but I'm like, do we need to be in Elaine cosplay? Like, no. And again, she, are you worried that she's gonna walk in? Yeah, she no, said she was sure. going home. Yeah, and well, you're here before her. Yeah, like I don't, I, I, whatever. But I mean, she goes the extra mile by trying on some of Elaine's underwear. Well, you know, now you don't. She needed you the whole experience. <laughs> That's I guess. You've gone too far. She puts it on over her own, which was polite. I guess, I it's, guess. it's like using the store sock. <laughs> <laughs> but she throws on a gown and admires herself in the mirror. This is when she notices Elaine's shrines to all her murder victims. With music very reminiscent of Psycho, she notices that at the end of the line is a photo of Richard. She then opens the drawer underneath, finding the love spell materials wrapped up and literally labeled with each name of every victim, and she picks up Richard's. She unwraps it, looking through it all, finding a wooden doll with like symbols carved into mm-hmm. it. And even a photo of Elaine and Richard together, as well as a card from Richard, as if she needed more evidence. 
the nerve of this man to be out here in these streets taking pictures with Dude, this woman. When, yeah. did, when did they take that? I don't when know. The fuck? They were that outside. was yes. different clothes. It was. Yeah, full light. Yeah. It's like you took that when you were offset. You guys weren't even fucking working. That was from his Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> but in the card, he literally calls Elaine the most beautiful woman in the world and says, see you tonight. The only way it could have been worse is if he said Trish is in Dallas. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Trish is crushed and she's so distracted by what she's found that she doesn't notice Elaine has arrived home and is slowly approaching her with a knife in her hand. At the last moment, Trish turns around, disarming Elaine and throwing her to the bed. She beats the shit out of her and calls her various names, but Elaine just cries. Trish snags the evidence and tells Elaine that she'll burn for this before leaving the apartment. It was funny because I'm happy you found your husband's murderer, uh-huh. but you storming off wearing her clothes yeah. Yeah. that you shouldn't be wearing. Could have left it behind. Yeah. And her wig comes off in the fight. Yeah, and like, she's got she a wig got cap the cap on. on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you might want to, where are your clothes? Yeah. <laughs> Just leaves them there. Put your jacket back on. Yeah, shit. <laughs> I read, and this is where I was kind of like, okay. According to an interview with Life of a Star, Mm-hmm. Biller said that Trish could actually be the de facto hero of the film. And for me, that kind of cosigns on what we've been saying as far as the interpretations right. of a lot of the shit we've been hearing. Well, yeah, okay, she's the yeah, only yeah. fucking person with a brain yeah. in the yeah. entire film. <laughs> and she reacted very honestly, sensibly after finding out what happened. Right. She's yeah. going to take it to the authorities. Yeah. She didn't just murk Elaine right yeah. here. <laughs> If she would have, I'd have been like, all right. Yeah, I mean, Uh, I laughed, though, because Elaine was coming at her with the knife. And as soon as the knife was gone, she's just like, ah, ah." (laughs) she's not about that life. She didn't even try. All her power came from the knife. (laughs) (laughs) But this is when Elaine snags an amulet from her dresser and just repeats, crash, crash, die, die. I was like, what the fuck? Again, you're wishing harm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Did you look, what seminars yeah, did you what take? You- <laughs> what courses? But later, the coven completes a binding ritual for Elaine, who lies on the altar, the members circling her and chanting. Barbara lights a couple of candles, and Gayan gets Elaine a drink from a cauldron. Barbara hands Elaine a photo of Griff and binds them together for all eternity as Elaine drinks and stares longingly at the photo. I'm sorry, Elaine, have you ever had a conversation with this man? No. Just like yeah. one. That wasn't about horses. I was going to say, they <laughs> like horses. Uh, I, I laughed a lot at this only because she literally just got found out. Right. And she's like, well, I do have that binding ritual at 1030. <laughs> yeah. I got to go. I still have to go. <laughs> she took my best wig, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it would have made more sense to me if she was at the binding ritual when Trish Before. Like, right. finds all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense to me. But at the burlesque club, Griff sits drinking at the bar. Moon and Star now perform on stage, fulfilling the desires they spoke of earlier. Mandy is annoyed at them, saying they can't dance at all, and they're weird. That I laughed out loud. Thank though. you, lady. Thank you. I was like, yes, yeah. and like, yes. What the fuck are they doing? I don't know. There are no April showers. No. No, nobody is. No. But Lyle says that they're friends of the witches, and Mandy says that the witches are everywhere now. Lyle and Jane talk about Wayne's murder and how it was obviously committed by the witches. Mandy calls it creepy and Griff just stays silent as if he knows nothing on yeah. this. <laughs> He's like, I have no opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and what is a witch? <laughs> 
but he turns to see Elaine, dressed in red, approach him. He tells her to sit down. Zero love in his eyes, zero bullshit. She sits down, and he tells her that the DNA came back from the lab, and it connects her to Wayne's murder. He then shows her the wooden doll that Trish apparently brought to the station, accusing Elaine of driving Richard to suicide. Elaine just lights a cigarette and says that she was a bad girl and asks if Griff is going to punish her. Griff puts her cigarette out. It was funny because she's like, yeah, I did that shit. (laughs) I mean, I don't There is no. And I'm like, now we have DNA in a lot. It feels like we got to the back half of this film and it's just like, fuck it, make it present day. I need her her to have a cell phone. I need DNA. Like, fuck it. I got to explain those cars too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But Griff just asks plainly, what is wrong with you? Elaine cops to none of it. Like, I guess Anna Biller said, Wayne died from heart failure after they made love. And Richard died because he loved her too much. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Griff's like, are you trying to tell me that these men died of love? He calls it insane and brings up the spells and the drugs. Elaine says witchcraft simply uses energy that's already there. And she didn't know how strong the spells would be. It's honestly crazy how strong love is sometimes. Griff says her idea of love is a borderline personality disorder or worse. She tells him not to diagnose her, calling him a narcissist who can't love. Sounds like a diagnosis. Yeah. (laughs) Don't diagnose me. I diagnose you. (laughs) And you're clearly suffering from. (laughs) But she says that he simply never loved like she has and that she would do anything for love. He's like, oh, I bet. Yeah, no, clearly. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you killed like three men. (laughs) At least. But he says no love will ever be enough, even if a man loves her so much that it kills them. He says that she's like a bottomless hole, dolling herself up, thinking men will fall at her feet. But he's like, newsflash, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I don't love you. She asks why he's so scared to love and says men make women work so hard for their love instead of just loving them as they are. There is a moment of realization that kind of comes across her face. Mm -hmm. It looks like she realizes that Trish might have been right, Mm -hmm. but then it disappears immediately. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, no, no. I was right all along. You were onto something. It's called a character arc. (laughs) No, we're not getting that. But she says that Jerry was just like Griff and that she's been treated like trash her entire life, except for when men wanted her body. So she empowered herself through witchcraft. She takes what she needs from men and not the other way around. Griff apologizes, saying that it's not going to work this time, and she's under arrest. (laughs) She's like, for what? (laughs) (laughs) I laughed so hard. I'm like, what do you think, dude? (laughs) What have you been talking about this entire time? (laughs) But she says that the only things that they have on her will not stick. And she's like, you could have burned me for it 400 years ago, but not today. Griff then tells her that she's under arrest for burying Wayne's corpse unlawfully. Yeah. I mean, there's that. Yeah. yeah. But she, he goes, we'll find more. Yeah. The entire bar finally takes notice of the conversation and gets whipped into an anti-witch frenzy. They grab her and start chanting, burn the witch over and over. Griff gets into several fights as men throw Elaine to the floor, undressing her. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand yeah what the fuck yeah you are saying burn exactly i don't know what you're doing what the fuck is yeah. this? thankfully though griff is able to save her scooping her up and rushing outside where they get away in his police car and none of the men are being arrested because i don't know i mean he's like i am the law like, yeah. <laughs> like i am the captain well, now yeah. <laughs> look at me <laughs> his fight scenes aren't very impressive no, no. i guess uh, you're not getting yeah. a promotion sir. <laughs> 
But we cut to a shot of Elaine's death shrines, complete with a photo of Griff and his police badge resting on a dagger. Now safe in her bedroom, they sit on Elaine's bed and she offers him a drink, telling him everything will be okay because she loves him. Griff doesn't reply. He takes the drink from her and throws it to the floor, just glaring at her. You done goofed, Griff? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, why did they come to her house instead of the police station? That's a great yeah. question. <laughs> I do not know. But heartbroken, Elaine imagines the Three of Swords tarot card before backing away from Griff defensively. She holds her hands up and looks at him, seeing his silhouette with a skull superimposed over his face. Yeah. Now, I got to tell you, I love this shot. It looks really yeah. great. It's very campy, but it's amazing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I say campy, like campy it doesn't mean bad. Oh, no, no I love no. camp. Yeah, camp yeah. is fan. And this movie is camp. It is. Yeah. But the music buzzes as we see transparent visions of Wayne, Richard, and Jerry all saying, I love you, Elaine. She calms down. You know what I just realized? Jerry and Elaine. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you think? Of course. I hope so. That's hilarious. But she calms down, looking at herself in the mirror, and she picks up a flower and holds it close to her chest. Griff just reclines into the bed, closing his eyes. Without a second thought... Elaine retrieves the dagger, walks over to the bed, and stabs Griff several times in the chest. She looks up at the murderous artwork that she painted, the prophecy fulfilled. The spilled chalice, the bloody knife, the wound in Griff's chest. She stares off, seeing a vision of Griff in his Renaissance clothing, telling her that he loves her and has never loved anyone but her. He asks her to marry him, and Elaine imagines their mock wedding was actually real. The two smile at each other and share a kiss before she climbs on top of a white horse. In reality, Griff quietly dies as Elaine escapes into the fantasy on horseback, finally happy, riding away into eternity with her new husband. But we cut to black and the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of The Love Witch? Um... Real quick, clearly they were they fake playing at the end instruments because they were like getting oh, yeah. down on there and there was no sound. Yeah, there was nothing. And you can hear yeah. their footsteps and everything, but I was like, "Where's the?" She's yeah. like, "Shut like, up for yeah. a second. <laughs> this is about <laughs> this me isn't now. About you. I, like, no, I want to hear the band." <laughs> <laughs> I did love the shot. There was a very close-up shot of her face, like finally at peace. Yeah, and you hear the horse's hooves. Yeah, it's like a beautiful ending. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those people were not playing those instruments. No, I'm sad. <laughs> Um, I'm still confused. So was th- this is this was all she was working towards? Was this painting? It was. I think it was like a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, but what happens after this? Uh, uh, she gets arrested. I I guess it's. I over. would imagine. So I don't know. Did, uh, uh, I appreciate the way that you described it because it made a lot more sense. Oh, okay. Through that lens, because I was like, "Bitch, what?" <laughs> I was I was confused. I think that she's like escaping into her own mind of what she hoped would happen right in reality she just murdered griff and she's probably going to go to prison for killing all these men yeah then why did you do it because what well, wasn't her intention yeah she just wanted love but so she after fucked the up. first one you didn't think maybe she's like, I should. okay <laughs> so you if you're not good at something right away you quit no you try and you try again with the same exact yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you change nothing yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> i just uh I don't know. I'm kind of lukewarm about this movie. It did look good, but I don't know. Just some things that didn't work for it just kind of hurt it for me. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird. Uh, like you said, the colors, the filming, the way they did it is really good. But it, I don't know. 
I don't know. Something just didn't. I don't know if it was the. Is it satire? Is it not? Is it? <laughs> yeah. what, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. It was. It, it was just. And then at some points, it like the Renaissance. It was really <laughs> like it was like you're. We're really doing this. Oh yeah. It's like okay. They even end the film on that Renaissance. Yeah. Song. yeah so <laughs> oh, we really liked yeah, it. Yeah. It was our favorite. <laughs> A magical. <Yeah>. Thing. <laughs> it's like well, all right. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, it was. It was a. It was a movie. You yeah. Know? Uh, I'll start with the thoughts that I wrote last night. Okay. I said, the women in this film can't win. Even when Trish has a healthier attitude towards autonomy in women, we're supposed to be like, boo, that's why Elaine took your man. <laughs> what? Because she strives for more in her partnership than to be a blow-up doll for her husband? Elaine wanted love, but when the men showed it to her in an emotional way, she was completely done with them. Mm-hmm. She perpetrated gender roles in a shitty way, not only victimizing the men by these standards, but by imprisoning herself in them. How am I supposed to feel walking away from this? The man that she quote-unquote loved didn't give a shit about her, so she stole his heart? Huh? And then underneath I put also what was the rest of the story with Larry and what was up with those twins? Because I, <laughs> I do feel like we were set up for there to be more yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. And also, can I ask who Larry is? Jerry. <laughs> I told you it was <laughs> 1230 in the morning. You're like, I was really tired. <laughs> I told you. I'm surprised that it was the, that yeah. coherent. Like, oh, damn. Flaming globes. <laughs> <of cinnamon. laughs> I fucked up one letter. I'm proud hey, of myself. Good job. Jerry. Um, but her wishing for Trish to die too. That also didn't happen. Yeah. No. So I feel like maybe she's like, um, or submerging herself <laughs> in this thing that she doesn't fully understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of her skewed ideals and opinions and all of the above, everything else, it's fucking everything up mm-hmm. to her detriment and to these men. Right. And to fucking Trish who did literally nothing. Yeah. Who Poor did Trish. nothing. Yeah. Except save the day. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I I would say that I like it. I like it more now than I did yesterday. That's good. Um that's fair. Having talked about that's it and fair. kind of uh ironed it out a little bit. I'm still a little confused about the messaging. Mm-hmm. Because I do feel like a lot of it is dangerous. And I'm hoping, I'm just really hoping that it's like, can you believe they're fucking saying this shit? Like, I, I hope that that's the spirit yeah. that we're supposed to take it because I was, uh, and I, I wouldn't say I'm overly sensitive, but I was like, I'm sorry, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. At a lot of the shit that they said. But yeah, I, I, I loved the aesthetic. Like I said at the beginning, style and substance, it's got 10 out of 10 for style. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful very meticulous and that comes through oh yeah but as far i feel like there's a lot of plot points that are brought up and then abandoned yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like we get a lot of this like mounting progression in the first half and then at the end it's like no uh you're you're fake married and uh but he hates women (laughs) and then like fucking the townspeople uh, burn the witch it's like wait like i feel like the the flow it's almost like two different movies Uh from the first half and the second half so that kind of was a little jarring to me and i i wouldn't say that i necessarily liked that aspect of it but i feel like this is a very unique film yeah it's an experience it's definitely an experience i would still say to watch it Mm -hmm. you might hate it and be completely valid in hating it or you might love it but i would definitely say watch it and just prepare to be uh pissed off because i I got mad a few times i think that my idea for the messaging to work to make sense for me yeah is almost that the entire point of the film is that if you subscribe to these outdated 
ideas on gender mm-hmm. and identity and put yourself in this position where a man has to do this, a woman has to do that, this very odd binary idea. Yes. There is also the fact that she never really loved herself. Right. And so if you combine all these things together, these ideas that society has kind of placed in your head, which I guess is Barbara and Gayen, right. yeah. uh, the lack of, I guess, knowing your own worth and having proper care for yourself, mm-hmm. there is no way for it to end except horribly. Yeah. That's what I think the message is. And I mean, okay. that's that's true. And for me, that makes it way more palatable than if it's everything that's said on its face. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can hope not to. So. Cancel her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like that's, um, that's definitely, yeah. I hope that that's what it is. That's a good way to look at it. Because I mean, it not, it victimizes men just as much as women uh-huh. and it leaves no room for anyone in between. No. And so <sighs> it's just, it's just so gross to me i feel like i'm just like mad mm-hmm. and that's not if the film is if that's the point and it's to make us think about that then mission accomplished because i i was pretty pissed off mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. this movie <laughs> <laughs> but i guess that can take us into ratings mm-hmm. i you know i i think it's truly great for what it is it's like a time machine kind of back to an incredible era Mm-hmm. of really beautiful films right yeah and so i appreciated going back there and really admiring the artistry the entire production music cinematography yeah uh set design production design it's just so incredible and there is such a faithfulness to that style and era right that is just remarkable it does as we've hinted and not really hinted, we've said it a million times. <laughs> As we've explicitly stated. It has something very important to say about love and relationships, societal expectations, yeah. dynamics of relationships. I prefer to subscribe to my interpretation of the ending. Yeah. Because and the film in general. Yeah. Because then that makes it to where it's palatable, to where I can actually enjoy yeah. it. And the intention behind it as right. well. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, I can't speak for Anna Biller's intentions behind making the film right right all i can really say is what it meant for me yeah mm-hmm. watching it and to me it's kind of a denouncement of these old archaic ideas yeah regarding gender yeah. right and i think that when you look at it that way it works very well well because it should all be thrown in the trash yeah so right. if that's the then yeah all right. <laughs> i agree with that <laughs> But I, I love how campy it is, and sometimes it's even hilarious how campy it is. Yeah. That punch. The punch, yeah. the the punch was 10 out of 10. Kills me. <laughs> but on the negative side, uh, you know, if we're grasping at straws trying to figure out the messaging, maybe it should have been a little clearer. Yeah. And when I don't mind having to come up with my own theories and shit, but I would have loved if I was certain that Trish is there to speak some sense into right. the situation. Because that's how I took her. Right. And I hope I'm right. Yeah. But there's definitely a bit of the plot that could be streamlined. Yes. Uh, Pacing issues in the second half. The first half is incredible. Yeah. Everything up to Wayne's death. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. I know that it wouldn't really fit with the story that we were told, but I would also just like more Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne was fucking, come back in like visions and shit. You were hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like if you lose like maybe 10, 20 minutes, this movie would be much tighter and better for it. Two hours, nothing wrong with a two hour film. 
if you get the pacing right. Yeah. Right. And I understand you spend seven years on it and you want everything in. Yeah, yeah. But we could, uh, we could <laughs> yeah. trim down a little. Save it for your next yeah. movie. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> the Love Witch 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Yes. <laughs> you have to say You have to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean, definitely watch it if you haven't. This is a film that needs to be experienced. It's really hard to describe a the plot of a film when one of the best things about the film is how it appears visually. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that out there. But out of 10 spellbinding stairs, I am going to have to give The Love Witch 7.5 spellbinding stairs out of 10. I love the way that this film looks and feels. I think that it's down to pacing and really trying to figure out what was meant by this film. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will open the floor to you. I agree with you on the visuals. It's hard to say, just keep saying, you know, it's beautiful. It looked good because you have to see it. Like you've got to see the way the colors pop and the way things. And so I I do agree with that. I I don't know, man. The movie was just kind of, I don't know. It was was there Mm -hmm. and I watched it and I did. And I think. I think that to me feeling kind of like, am I supposed to be offended? Am I supposed yeah. like, I don't, you know, it was too much mm. and you made a good point and I didn't even think about it. If, if we are this confused, maybe you should have pulled back a little bit on the mystery or whatever, yeah. you know, or give us another breadcrumb. That's kind of like, Hey, this is what's happening for sure. You know what I mean? Or a fucking painting, you know, it's <laughs> something yeah. you like the paintings, put it up. What's really, it means or something. Mm-hmm. But it 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 was uh, it was an experience. Uh, I was confused at, like I said, what she's practicing because if you know what I mean, the spells she's using and she's harming people, but mm-hmm. she's talking about love and earth, and you know, I was really it was just weird. But I did have a lot of fun talking about it. It, it is a. Uh, I guess a conversation starter. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, 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 it wasn't my type of movie. You right. know what I mean? Um, but I did have a lot of fun talking about it. You know what I mean? I, the only reason the ending didn't, didn't really like too much do anything for me was because I feel like I didn't care about the characters that much. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we were with her the whole time, but like you said, she's stuck in this mind frame, but she's still saying these things and doing these things. Yeah. So it's like, you're trash, dude. I don't, <laughs> you're what, you're going to go away now. Right. You know what I mean? For the rest of your life, you killed this dude. So what? Maybe if you, she had a little more growth, it may, would be, yeah. I mean, I don't. Or yeah. maybe from the realization, like you said, when she had that tiny little, when she was, or was it UT yeah. when you were like, yeah. oh, she's seen, you know, for a second. Maybe if you would have just expanded that a little more, gave her like a couple of lines where she's like, wait, you know, whatever or yeah. something, you know what I mean? To be like, oh, she is, she's fighting a battle in her head instead of just being like immediately dismissing yeah. what's right and just. It seemed like it was about to click. Yeah. yeah. I was like, good. Yeah. She's and like, no, what not. am I, what am I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. No. Never mind. Love <laughs> is everything. Yeah. <laughs> And then the way he was, you know what I mean? The way he was talking about women and whatever. It's like, oh, you're I all trash. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't give a shit either, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll cut you open too. You know what? <laughs> what does it matter? Um, but yeah, it is, you know, her like, okay, I'm, I'm on my white horse. You know, my Prince Charming's coming to save me. But it's like, you, 
that's not real, dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're gonna go do some time or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then even that, it just ends like that. So it's like, okay, so now what? Is there an ele- uh, electric witch? <laughs> a love witch? A lo- <laughs> electric? That's the second one. Electric yeah. witch. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what are mm-hmm. we getting out of that? You know what I mean? It just, I don't know. It was, it was very, uh, it was, it was a little all over the place for me. And like you said, the, I would have loved if they would have kept it a, a like a, a time a yeah. period yeah. piece. That would have been when cool. the cell phone came out. It was like fuck. Yeah, I was yeah. like wait, what? Yeah, you I was so total disregard yeah. for everything that happened before this. Yeah, because you do feel like it's back in the day. Yeah. yeah, and it's like okay, this is cool. You get stuck in, and then she's like pulling out her iPhone, whatever, and it's like. <laughs> Or what was it? A flip phone or something? Yeah, right? still. But either yeah, way, still it wasn't then. even a Zach Morris yeah. phone. Uh, or like, a seashell yeah. phone yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Please don't get him started. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, All over again. Yeah. But I mean, it it, it was um, it was very good to look at and to watch, and uh, it it's interesting. It is a very different take on whatever's happening in this movie. Yeah. So with that being said. On a scale from one to ten, spell binding stairs, I'm gonna give the love witch a six out of ten. I gave it a little more because I wanted to. I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to stay in the middle because I kind of didn't. Like I said, I I don't want to give it a ranking when I didn't really understand a lot what was going on. Right. Yeah. But us kind of talking about it and what you know that like I said, I brought it up because. It is something like you were saying, may, maybe it is Trish is telling us what's going on. You know, she yeah. and we've we've got to read between the lines. But then it's like, well, maybe it's not. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Which is a little bothersome. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is like you said, I'll end on that. If you've never seen it, give it a watch. And like you said, baby, you might hate it mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you might not. So I feel like I've already been pretty clear about how I right. feel about it. And. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't need to get back on my soapbox and go off again. <laughs> I don't think anybody necessarily needs that. But it is my, fun sometimes. My, yeah. <laughs> my score went up a little bit too. I right. brought it up half a point because I really, really did have a great time talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe this is something that I'll appreciate if I watch it more. Mm-hmm. But um, I was confused for a lot of it, confused in the messaging and. Again, I don't, I don't need to get into yeah. it again. But, like I wrote um, another note. So right? <laughs> Sleepily. Actually at 2 a.m. <laughs> Pick my phone back I'll just, up. <laughs> I'll just wrap it up to say on a scale from one to 10 spellbinding stairs, I gave the love witch or I am giving the love witch seven. All right. Out of 10 spellbinding stairs. I respect a lot of what was done here. Mm-hmm. I just would hope that the intention isn't as negative as what comes through mm-hmm. in the film because a lot of it was very upsetting. It was. <laughs> it's the, again, we keep bringing it up as that Jack Skellington, but what does it yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Pod Mortem. What would you rate The Love Witch and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at The Pod Mortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, while love may be magical, 
know your worth, and communicate your wants so it doesn't spell disaster. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Hey! Hey! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hariah. <laughs> Let's get drunk and play ping pong. <laughs> Special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Houston, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Danielle Peralta, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Alex Schultz, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, and Dan Laveau. Yes! Thank you all so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate all of your support. And we love that you've decided oh God. to hang with us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all I... Right. But, you're, but you yeah. all love me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course we do. All right. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Until next time.